Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Data on Tolbert. Uh, it's Keeping It Real Fridays tonight, guys. You know, over the years, we've had some all-time classic Keeping It Real Fridays. In fact, some of the best shows, some of the deepest shows, the most in-depth shows, shows have come on uh, on a Friday night, and um, you know, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to come back live on uh, on this evening to talk about something that everybody can relate to. I mean, we're talking about this evening the goodbye game. Okay, many of you guys may remember, um, I want to say somewhere around 2010, 2011, don't quote me, Gerald and I did an all-time classic show uh, on that title. That was part one. Uh, Tonight is part two where we uh, analyzed Chrisette Michelle's um, all-time classic song, in my opinion. Uh, the goodbye game, and you know, if we look at if we look around us, uh, we see a lot of that. You know, we see when you look at um, you know statistics like, unfortunately, HIV, you know, single moms, um, abortions, you know, deadbeat dads, you know, child support. You know, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of on and off again. There's a lot of make up to break up. So tonight we want to really take an in depth look at. You know, why that happens, you know, really, I'm talking about the real reasons why we so see so much of the, the goodbye game, meaning, you know, uh, the breakup, but not really saying goodbye, you know, for real, for real, you know, coming back and, you know, breaking up. And we just want to really try to break that cycle tonight for, for many women who um, are torn, um, who find themselves, um, you know, uh, in a in a toxic what seeming seems to be a never-ending situation. So definitely, um, you know, Friday nights are always good for, um, you know, people calling in and questions and, and stories. And over the last ten or so years, that's what we've been known here uh, for on the Data on Tolbert show. It's just just a realness. And um, so I, I know for a fact it's something everybody can relate to. I know Courtney, you know, has some has some stories uh, to share as well as the uh, as well as the uh, goodbye game. You know, I myself. Have been a uh, unfortunately a um, an enabler uh, of the you know goodbye game for many women. You know what I'm saying? Just being honest. So we'll talk about it from both perspectives uh, tonight. You guys are welcome to call in with any types of questions or, or thoughts or feedback or uh, or anything that might be on your mind tonight. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypads, and uh, we're gonna have some fun tonight. Courtney is with me this evening. Courtney, what's going on with you? Hey, what's up? What do you know about the goodbye game, Courtney? Anything? I know everything. <laughs> I know everything about that. Okay. Well, you know, we're going to talk about it. I know you weren't really a part of uh, the first episode, uh, you know, the first edition of this, but I think three years uh, is long enough to wait for a for a sequel, you know, for a remake, a reboot, you know, of this topic. Uh, we're going to play the actual song a little bit uh, later on tonight so you guys can, um, you know, hear what really is one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean, just from a, you know, uh, you know, a musical standpoint. I mean, I think Chrisette Michelle has an uh, excellent voice. This song is a, um, it's just a classic song, you know, with a very deep um, and, and empowering um, you know, uh, meaning and, and message to it. So definitely want to analyze it like we've been known to do with uh, with many songs over the years. I'm uh, still getting people, you know, hit me up about uh, last week's show on DMX. I mean, that's uh, honestly, I'm not sure if I've ever had so much 
uh, feedback or, um, you know, notes or different things, you know, uh, that's even come up in, in my private counseling sessions about one particular show. It was a show that really threw people a curveball, you know, the uh, – you know the show on, um, you know, just dealing with a thug, and, and and you know, and in in regards to tonight's show, like I think a lot of times people can, you know, relate. You know, often, you know, you you find yourself playing the goodbye game with men who have embraced that type of mentality, that thug mentality, that you know, that I'm just going to use you, I'm going to do me type of way of thinking that uh, many men embrace in, in, in today's uh, society. Courtney, is that, you know, it's interesting, an interesting correlation there. Uh, would you Would you agree? Yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, so what, you, say, you say that as if you, you've dealt with a thug. I thought you didn't deal with thugs. I thought you, you liked the good guys, <laughs> the, the godly men, the church guys, you know? No, I wouldn't say. I mean, now I do, but um, for the longest, no, I like them a little rough. I used to. I, I like that because it just made me feel like I could be, I could be protected. So it was a turn on at one point. So yeah, yeah I was attracted to dogs. <laughs> yeah, so everybody, if you, if you missed that particular show, um, you know, that's that's not one you want to miss. You know, really none of them are, but definitely I would say check out the archives of that. Um, you know, t- the, the weekends are always a good time for, um, you know, playing catch-up and, and, you know, miss, catching up on some shows you may have uh, missed out on. Uh, a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, I announced, what was it, uh, whatever the last time we were live was, I, I mentioned the wait is over. You guys can finally look out for, look forward to uh, the release of my new book, uh, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 365 Days or Less. Definitely want to talk about that, um, you know, a little bit, just because a lot of times, you know, you know, there was, and we'll talk about this. There was a um, a debate, you know, a post in the group um, the other day that I happened to catch. Um, just pertaining to uh, paying for the first date, and you know, it's just you know, and we'll, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll discuss that. I mentioned you know in the thread that we will uh, you know I'll, I'll touch on that for you guys uh, tonight. But you know, the the point of the book, the the whole reason I'm, I'm I'm coming back out with with a with a manual with a book, you know, a, a blueprint. In fact, you know, if you will, on really how to be found, how to you know position yourselves to live the type of life that you want to live, attract that man that God has for you. Um, you know, because situations like this, like a lot of women who listen to the show, you know, they, they may see certain Facebook things and they say, okay, I like that, that's good advice, so I'm going to incorporate that. But they take certain things but not really, you know, they're doing it out of context and they're not having the results that they're hoping for. And, you know, we can just get into it real quick. Courtney, were you aware of the thread in the in the, in the Friends of the Dayton Tolbert Show group where the young woman was a little bit discouraged about um, – I guess she paid for the first date, uh, but unfortunately had a had a bad result. Yeah, I saw that. That's funny that we're talking about that because I had the same experience at one point. What, what happened? Tell uh, us did, what happened. Yeah, um, this was like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I was listening to you and Gerald talk about that, about paying on the first date. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pay for the first date, and you know everything's going to turn out great. But what I felt to incorporate was, one, you know, I wasn't dealing with the right guy, and then, two, being emotionally unavailable, I was just 
it wasn't going to work out anyway. But I wasn't looking at it that way. I was just thinking, well, if you pay, everything's going to work out. You're going to live happily ever after. So it turned out to be a disaster. I ended up paying for it. And then um, after that, he wound up ignoring me and um, just really playing me. And he actually, he left me, like, wanting more from him. So I found myself, like, calling him and, I just continued to call him just because I wanted his attention, and it just didn't work out in my favor. But it makes sense now. Yeah, and it, it, hopefully just from listening to the show and, you know, you guys get a, getting a better understanding of, you know, why certain things happen, why men do the things they do, you really got to look at the big picture. You have to, you know, connect all the dots, put all the pieces together. You don't want to just pick and choose what advice you take and, and what advice you don't. Paying for the first date can be a great idea, uh, like it was, you know, with my wife, you know, when we first started dating, and it can have, you know, a really positive result. Uh, But if you, one, are living life in, in, unfortunately, for whatever reason, an emotionally unavailable state, you know, there is some uh, unresolved issues out there that, you, that you're struggling with. You know, you're single, but you do want like, say, okay, I'm going to try this. But deep down you know that there's, there's, you know, some things going on. You know there's some people still reaching out to you. You know there's some things that you haven't quite fully healed from. Well, you know, that's, as you guys know, that's going to cause you to attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players. So if you're, you know, you have, your mind is in the right place, you're looking for love, you want love, and you're trying to be a, the best possible woman, but unfortunately, because of unresolved issues, you're attracting the liars, the dogs, and the cheaters, and the players. You don't want to be paying for the first date. In fact, you don't even want to be on any dates. You actually want to be doing some private counseling. You definitely want to start you know, self-reflecting on yourself to see, hey, look, what do I need to do? Because you can pay for as many dates as you want. All that's going to do is decrease the, the, you know, the available balance in your bank account, you know, and it's going to cause that man to, to you know, do what players do, to do what dogs do, and target you for, for whatever it is, whether it's sex, whether it's, you know, some type of financial uh, situation, you know. And so here's the thing. and Let me just tell it to you like this. And I'll reiterate for 2014 because it's not, you know, it's, we'll talk, we've been talking about it for 10 years here. You know, we'll continue to talk about it because it's so important, um, the importance of differentiating yourself. That's something that so many women, and let me just say, I think it's great that, you know, that the young woman who posted about it is even in that, you know, thought process. You know, because there's so many women who, you know, really unfortunately wouldn't even do that. And, And when I say women, I mean so many black women, because the reality is most, unfortunately, most black women have been brought up in a manner that suggests, hey, look, you know what, I have to do for me. I have to protect myself. I have to guard myself. You know, my dad wasn't this. My, You know, these guys out here weren't that. And so I'm not going to do this and un- unless he does this. And so um, that's not the right mentality that's going to be conducive to having a long-term relationship, having someone look at you as a wife. What you want to do, ladies, when you are in the best possible state, emotionally available 100%, what's going to happen is you're going to attract a man in the ready-to-settle-down stage, a man looking for a wife. And so when a man is looking for a wife and when he's looking at you as being that potential wife, what you want to do is say, hmm, how can I differentiate myself from these multiple other women, you know, not just in general, but today, on this date? 
What are some things that I can do to really wow him, so to speak? What's going to help me make that type of impression that makes him say, this is the one, or she's different from any other or 99.9% of other, you know, women that I've gone out on dates with. You know, it's not too many other things on that first date that can leave that type of impression on the best possible man. So, again, when you're dealing with the best possible man, and I reiterate, that must be the case, you know, then, you're, you know, when you do certain things that really say, wow, I'm special, wow, I'm not selfish, Wow, if we took this thing to another level, it wouldn't be all about you paying for me. This would be like a, a partnership. This would be something that I'm passionate about, just like you're passionate about. It would be a given and, and a take, you know. And so those are the types of women that men are looking for. So it really gets to a point where you have to say, where you have to get him thinking, like, wow, I could see myself with her. If you're If you're dating somebody, understand this. And you can't really think of anything that you've done that's significant or that's special or that would significantly dis, uh, differentiate yourself from other women, then chances are you're not being viewed as special. A lot of women have been brought up in, in the dating world to think that it's the man that has to prove themselves to the woman, when in reality that is ludicrous because it's, that's like the recruiter trying to prove themselves to the job applicant. That doesn't make any sense. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Like, okay, well, that's great, but what have you done to show yourself to be that good thing? What have you done to make me say, wow, God, thank you, I have achieved your favor by finding this woman? If the answer to that question is nothing, it would be crazy for you to think that he's going to stop dating all these other women, that he's going to put everything else on hold and focus on you. I mean, he'll do that if and only if, and when you show him something special. So, you know, and, and that's my whole little spiel for 2014. Hopefully, you know, women get it. But, again, all the pieces have to be there. If you're dating, you know, Bobby Ray from 21st Street, you know, oh, yeah, let's pay for the first date. That's not that's not going to do anything. It's just going to waste your money, you know. Any thoughts on that particular uh, situation, Courtney? I mean, I, I just want to say I, I agree 100% just about, like, the last thing, well, everything, but specifically the last thing you said about all the pieces having to be together. You know, we we really have to, to do that self-reflection. And first, just really make sure that we're even ready to be dating instead of, you know, viewing us paying for the first date as if it's some magic trick that just works all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's not how... It's not how it works, but like you said, I am happy that she is in that mindset, and I just I hope that doesn't deter her just in the future. That when she does become emotionally available, you know, I, I don't want that to prevent her from doing that again. You know, right? I th- I think she says something like, you know, I'm never doing this again because, you know, it, you know, it's stupid, it doesn't work, and I mean, it, and that that happens. And let me just just on a on a deeper level. You really got to look at things, ladies. You know, when you're dealing with a man on any level at any time, it's you really got to look at it from a spiritual standpoint, from a divine viewpoint, and you really got to look at uh, the fact that it's either going to be the type of man who is sent from God to love you or the type of man who is going to be sent from the enemy to destroy you. It's literally one of the two. You know, I mean, and if you really look over the course of your life historically, 
you know, hmm, what category was he in? I'm pretty sure 99.9% of the time, in retrospect, you'll say, hmm, yeah, it was a man set from the enemy to destroy me and to significantly, you know, uh, you know, limit the opportunity for me to be found by the man that God has for you. You know, just a, a hindrance, some form of roadblock. And um, sometimes you guys see a roadblock and you go around it and you keep it moving. Other times you decide just to sit in traffic for two years, for three years, you know, for five years, ten years, whatever it is. And that's what it, it's just about not wasting time, which is really what we're here talking about tonight as far as the goodbye game. You know, how do you recognize early on that, one, someone is not that guy who is sent from, the, from, from God to love you, and then once you recognize it, that's the key thing, is walking away. You know, I mean, I think we can say it's, you know, in most cases, when you are spiritually mature enough to ask God for guidance and, and, and hear his voice and see it, you know, for what it is, what is it, Courtney, as a woman, that once you even see it for what it is, but, you know, keeps you still there? I would say the sex, when you are intimate with someone, that will keep you, and just and the devil, you know, speaking to you will keep you in that situation with that man, even if even though you know the truth. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, why well, you just you you just went straight for the jugular, huh? You said, "Oh, this sex." Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> you ain't say a fear of being alone. Uh, you know, uh, oh, fear of starting over. You know, financial. Oh, that's no, that's no, it is what it is. No, that's real. I mean, honestly, that's ninety percent of the time what it is. Because all, yeah, the, yeah, there's going to be a fear of being alone. Yeah, there are going to be, in many cases, financial issues that may, um, you know, hinder the, you know, the, the detachment process. But you know, you're regardless, you're usually ninety nine point nine percent percent of the time talking about a sexual situation. You know, I mean, that's I mean, <laughs> this keeping it real Fridays, right? I mean, we got to be honest. You know, ladies, we're not going to be playing the goodbye game without, you know, with somebody that's not smashing it, you know, who's not, you know, who you're not letting hit it raw. I mean, let's just, you know, let's be honest here, guys. You know, I mean, he can't be but so bad. It's like, oh, that nigga, you know, he this and that, he ain't worth Okay, well, yeah, but then why did you just let him smash? Why are you letting him ejaculate all, you know what I mean? Like, that's, you got to stop that. I mean, at some point, you can't, you know, bash him on Facebook. You can't update your status about him. But then when he hits you up, you know, at you know, I shouldn't be seeing the Sunday morning post before I'm getting ready for church saying, just be honest. Honesty is the best policy. You know, mad as crap. You know what I mean? It's Sunday morning status is based off of what happened on Saturday night. No, that's time when you should be praising God. You know, you should be thanking. You should be getting ready for church. You should be updating your status, talking about, you know, I'm here at so-and-so deliverance, whatever. You know, but instead, you're, you know, you're in a funk, which again goes back to what the what the enemy wants for you. You know, he wants you pissed off Sunday morning. He wants you second-guessing God's uh, um, confirmation to that prayer because I've done a lot of sessions over the years and I, every time I you know women reach out to me for for guidance or some type of advice or counseling they'll you know I ask them I say well look you got to ask yourself definitively is this the man that God uh, has for you and every single time there's never been a time I shouldn't say that well 
usually most women will say, well, if I'm honest, no, he's not. He's not the man that God has for me. But in many cases, the woman will, you know, they, they will be so, in many cases, delusional and have brainwashed themselves into thinking, yes, 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 on the phone with me asking for counseling about this guy, but yet still thinking that this is the man that God has for you. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It, it will never, that's never going to be the case. You will never be in, honestly, and this is, you know, this may be kind of, uh, you know, somewhat controversial. Some people may may not even agree with this, but what you got to realize is usually when you even have to be in counseling, you know, for I'm talking about relationship counseling, you know, to deal with some type of issue. I mean, mo- usually, you know, that's not the man that God has for you. I mean, can we be honest with that? It's like, oh, y'all, y'all pissed off. I mean, the ladies will even cut me, hit me up like, yeah, I want to set up a session. I'm like, okay, did you, is this for you? Well, no, I, it's not for me. It's for him. I'm like, what do you mean? So, <laughs> so you want to do counseling? You, you mean like a couple's counseling? Well, no, I just, I mean, can you just call him? Because he need to tell you, he need to see, he, hear your show, and he need to see your Facebook because uh, he needs something. That nigga ain't treating me right. Can you just call him? I said, no, I can't call him, but my question would be, why are you dealing with him? You know, like, why are you having a baby by him? You know, why are you, after this phone call, still going to sleep with him? I mean, I'm just saying, like, Courtney, what what are the answers to these questions? Oh, wow. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it just shows how, I shouldn't say crazy. I don't want to use that word. But, I mean, it's real because it just shows how much the, you know, a man can have a hold over a woman to the point where, you know, she doesn't want, she doesn't want to let go. She does not want to let go. She wants to blame everyone else to take a look within. She doesn't want to look within. It's like she wants to come up with excuses to not let him go. Right. And a lot of times what also happens is is women will, they will want some type, they, they will say, you know, I'm I'm keeping that hope alive. You know, I am hoping that he will change. You know, I just thought that maybe he could change. I mean, Dadon, does God ever change people? See, and we talked about this uh, when we talked about our player uh, stage show, classic show. Yes, people change, but unfortunately, guys, no one, it's not about him changing. It's about how he views you and how he will always view you. Just because someone made their actions may change, that doesn't change the respect level that they have for you, and it doesn't change what they ultimately want from you and, and for their, even for their future. You know, and and I really want to encourage all women, all women listening to say, you know what, I don't care what he wants. I don't care if he changes or not. It's I want what's best for me in my life. You see, it's like, and I use this analogy in my counseling a lot of times. Many people will probably, you know, remember this if you guys have worked with me privately, but you could have a 1987 Chevy. You know, you can change the motor, you can change the, the, you know, the rotors, put some new brakes on there, put a new transmission in there. You know, you can change a lot of different stuff on a 1987 truck. And guess what? It still may run. It probably will run if you change everything on it. But the reality is it's still a 1987 Chevy. I mean, that's, there's nothing you can do to change that. You can change it if you want to. 
but it's still going to be the Chevy. So the question is, do you want to drive a 1987 Chevy, or do you want to drive a brand-new Mercedes-Benz? Now, see, I don't think anybody, in fact, I know for a fact, nobody would prefer to drive a 1987 Chevy when they could have a brand-new. There's nobody on the planet that would prefer that, okay? Now, the question is, the only problem with that that, w- that would exist is, do you feel like you have the means to drive that brand new Mercedes? That's where it gets it gets a little hairy. That's where the uh, the goodbye game becomes applicable. Because at that point, when you start doubting not only yourself and what you bring to the table, you also start doubting God and His ability to bless you. That's when you start looking at statistics. That's when you start saying, "Well, you know, I live in, in you know in, in Alabama somewhere. I live in." You know Texas, or I think it's just it's just where I live. There ain't no men where I live. It's not about where you live. It's about what kind of gods you have. You know what kind of relationship you have with God. You know as far as the trust and as far as the faith goes. You know, was that ever an issue for you? Actually doubting yourself, and, and as well as doubting uh, the uh, God's ability to bless you with love. Yes, and it was to the point where. I was trying to take matters into my own hands. I felt like, you know, I felt like God wasn't moving fast enough for me. So I said, you know, I'm just going to do it by myself. You know, if I, if I am going to get love, it's going to be because of me, not because of God. And so I would go on um, the dating sites. I joined multiple dating sites. I, you know, went on interviews out of state because I thought, well, I had to move to, to be found by someone um, and so, yeah, I, I did a lot of those things because of the lack of faith. So I can relate to that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I'll tell you something. And you're right. I've I've noticed a lot of that, especially in 2014. A lot of, um, you know, online dating, online matchmaking. You know, people doing things to, um, you know, to think outside the box as far as, um, you know, trying do it, trying to you know, make it happen on their own, you know, trying to increase their odds or their chances of, of of finding love. And, you know, and I'll tell you all something, there's absolutely nothing you can do to increase your chances of finding love as, as long as, you know, you're still ha- hanging on or affected by past hurt, past pain, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, these are all things that the word speaks, um, you know, speaks about in great detail. You know, so it's just about letting those things go because you got to ask yourself. A lot of women are thinking, you know, this is what I want, I want, I want, I want, you know, in a relationship. But very few women ever really stop and think, what do these men want? What kind of relationship do they want? What kind of woman do they want? They want a woman who is emotionally available. They want a woman who is free to love unconditionally free to love without an emotional wall up, without any baggage, without any heartache, heartbreak. You know, they you, you know, if if you're someone you need to forgive, you've got to do that prior to to dating. A lot of women are looking for a man to take their mind off of that guy that they that that they just got the text from just now. Y'all listen, some of y'all listen to this show right now and you got you can if you go to text messages Go to your phone, click on text message, pick up that Galaxy S3, that iPhone, you know, that Note 2, whatever it is you got, whatever you're looking at, and you click on text messages, 
right? You open it up and scroll down. We talked about the phone calls, you know, the other night. But when you see those text messages, hey, what's up? Oh, oh, you just ignoring me? You just going to ignore me? You can't pick up the phone? You can't call nobody back? Okay. Like all that back and forth, all that ignoring, ignoring is only going to make it worse because the reality is you know that you're going to pick up that phone at some point. You like you you know how it goes, Courtney. It's like I, I even had that myself. I I would there was one woman in particular. I literally called her like back to back to back to back to back. But it wasn't like I was just doing it for fun. Like I had I was sitting up there playing Madden, just you know clicking redial redial. She was ignoring ignoring ignoring. And by the end of that game, after I was just calling back to back, guess what? She picked up the phone. Right? Why do you keep calling me? And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to argue. I thought I told you stop calling me. You don't see I'm ignoring. Yeah, I see you ignoring. Why are you ignoring me? Because I don't want to talk to you. Why not? Cause, cause what? Why are you tripping? You know, you all man. See, you play too much. Da da da. da. Next thing you know, I'm over there. All right, well, look, I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna finish this man game and I'll be over there in a little bit. Whatever. Don't come over here. Don't come over here. Oh, okay, I won't come over. Knock, knock, knock. I thought I told you guys to come over. Meanwhile, just got out the shower, hair done, smelling all nice. Like what you mean? You you don't you don't look too surprised to see me. I thought that you didn't want me to come over. See, and that's that's the goodbye game. You say goodbye, but these men know that you don't mean it. A lot of women think ignoring is going to uh, do the trick. No, ignoring doesn't do the trick. It's when we pick up that phone and we actually hear in your voice. The absence of emotion. See, a lot of women they think that hanging up or yelling or cussing us out is going to is going to get the point across, but that just that just reinvigorates us. You see what I'm saying? That that just gives us more because we're competitive. So when we see the passion, whether it's anger, whether it's romance, whether it's whatever it is, passion is passion. So as soon as we see it. Then we capitalize on it, we jump on it, and then there's nothing you can say that will convince us that you don't want to be seen us, or you don't want to see us, or spend time with us. You ever make that mistake? Yes, because I used to think that showing emotions would, you know, get the guy to make him go away. And then, I mean, it makes sense why, you know, I wasn't able to shake him. You know, I mean, he thought it was funny. It was like, oh, wow, if I can get her riled up, she must still care. Right, yeah, that's and she does because that's the whole thing. If you can get somebody riled up, if a man can get you riled up, then that means there's something still there. That's how you want to think like a man. That's that's the thought process that we go through. You know, when, so just keep that in mind. The next time you're cussing somebody out, the next time you know you're yelling at him or you're you know you're ign- even ignoring. <laughs> so many women think that ignoring a man. Will will have a positive result. Ignoring is literally you'd be better off just answering the phone and being like, "Yo, what do you want?" I thought I thought I told you not to call me. You'd be better off doing that than ignoring him. No man is gonna who wants to get in contact with a woman is gonna get ignored and then just say, "Oh, okay, she ignored me, so let me just move on to the." No, it's the opposite. You ignore us, we're gonna find another way. That's just how we are. Men are competitors. If we lose at a game, we're going to reset the game. We're going to start playing it again. We don't just throw the game away. 
You know what I mean? It's, so you gotta, and that's a lot of women will say, "What do you mean by that?" I mean, I don't see the analogy. You know, it's a, the video games and, and love. Well, one, it's not love, and two, you're being viewed as a game, which kind of leads me to my next point of, in regards to the goodbye game, it's important to know exactly what category you're being put in to begin with. See, a lot of women have been playing the goodbye game for, what, three, four years, five years, seven months, whatever it is, but you're not really seeing that, you know, you, you were always being viewed as expendable. Well, you say, well, you know, how do, you, how do I know that? Well, you're expendable because if a man is still out there in the club, you know, if it's a noncommittal situation, you know, one, one woman even asked me the other night, she said, well, you know, how... Why why would a man stay for five years if he didn't really love me? Well, I said, well, you, see, what you got to realize, ladies, is there's we as men are very uh, calculating and, and in many cases very opportunistic. So if there's a situation where you're dealing with someone, but he's not committing, but he's not actively taking steps to marry you, you've got to really ask yourself, what is you know how is he benefiting what is he benefiting from whether it's sexually financially convenience there's always some level of benefit that he's going to get from being with you once the benefit stops then that's when he moves on i mean to think about it it makes perfect sense if you cut off the sex if you cut off the money if you cut off the Acting like you're married when you're really not that that whole even the emotional support that a lot of you women give him for whatever he's going through, you know, it, thinking that that will eventually morph into something significant. You got to cut all that off. You cut that off, and that's when he cuts you off, and that's and that's okay. A lot of women they say, well, I don't want it's, you know that pride. When we hear this, when we talk about the lyrics to the song. A lot of women they, they they let that pride get in the way. So well, no, I I put in like like uh, Angela Bassett in uh in waiting to exhale. She said, well, I put in what 15 years, 16 years. You know, I'm not just walking away. I'm not just gonna take that L. Well, or, or, well, yes, you are. You have no choice. Either you're either gonna do it now. You're either gonna walk away with your head held high and your dignity intact, or you're gonna walk away being broken, bitter, disgruntled. But one way or another, you're going to walk away. It's just a matter of how you're going to walk away. And that's what I always tell women. Don't allow a man to cause you to take you out of your, you know, uh, your comfort zone, you know, knock you off your square, cause you to look like somebody out here in the street who you know you would never want to be, you know, viewed as. You ever had a man, like, take you totally outside of your character and, and, and even lose your Christianity? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, are we talking about, I mean, I could give so many examples, like, just really, I felt like a different person. You know, I felt like, you know, I wasn't myself, whether that meant just me acting out because I knew it wasn't going anywhere, <laughs> busting windows out of cars, or just, you know, changing into a, you know that story, and everybody who's listening knows that story. But, and even just, um, it just really made me feel like I wasn't myself. Even my appearance changed. It was like I just didn't even keep myself up because I was just totally 
I just was so distraught. And I allowed that person to, you know, take me out of my element and take me, you know, take me away from who I was. So I could relate to that. Right. You know, and and that's what it is. You know, definitely. In fact, uh, Courtney and I, we did. I know. I remember it was a classic Keeping It Real Fridays from back in the day where uh, we talked about uh, Keisha Cole's song. What was that? What's the name of that that song we talked about, uh, Courtney? Remember Trust what it was called? Believe. Yeah. Trust oh. Believe. Oh, dang. You remember that show? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that show like it was no problem. You said, mm, Trust and believe. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Trust and believe. <laughs> All right. You got that on number one on the iPod. That's right, the top of the playlist. Got that thing on repeat. Don't play no games. Bernie be jamming to that, man. No, but yeah, trust and believe, man. Me and Courtney killed that show. You know, matter of fact, I'm about to I'm about to uh, uh pull that up and post it in the um you know, in the in the group a little bit later, but yeah, trust and believe. Where you, if you saw the video, you saw, you know, really that the whole point of the show was how to avoid a man taking you to that crazy place. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of women say, "Oh, he made me crazy." No, no, a man can't make a woman crazy. Either you're crazy or you're not. Either you're a psycho or you're not. I can't make you do that. You know, and that's something that's in you. And that's how, and that's what that show was all about. So uh, yeah, definitely check that out if you if you uh, if you missed archives. Just Google "Trust and Believe" on the um, you know on the Dana and Tolbert show, and it should come right up for you. But I will um, I will post that in the group for you guys a little bit a little bit later on, man. Trust and believe, man. Courtney, what was it though? I mean, you know, help the ladies, you know, walk us through it. Like what what was it that caused you to um, you know go to that other place? Was it the sex? Was it? I mean, what was it? I can't even say it was the sex. I I just think because I had invested so many years, funny because it was just a non-committal situation, but I had just put so much into it emotionally. And I guess, I mean, physically, I guess that was a part of it, but I just was mad. I just, I can't even explain it. I was like a different person, and I just wanted to do something that, in my mind, would really make him hurt as much as I did, which was impossible, but I thought at the time if I did something, you know, that he would feel sorry about it, and it was actually just one last attempt for to get, you know, an, an apology so I can get an excuse to continue to have sex with him. It was just for attention. Wow, that, that's crazy. I just posted out that in the uh, in the Friends of the Day Down Tolbert show. Yeah, definitely check that out, man. When y'all are up, you know, before y'all go into that. Uh, no, I'm just messing with you. I won't even go there. But no, seriously, check out <laughs> check out this show, man. <laughs> check out that particular episode. Um, it definitely was a good one. Um, what, what else? But yeah, so definitely understanding what category you're you're even put into is uh you know is important from the beginning. Um, another thing that I that I wanted to talk to y'all about is um. You know, we did a show a couple months ago entitled The Ring Don't Mean a Thing. And, um, you know, just as far as the goodbye game, the the, the ring is is a very, uh, in many cases, a, a strategic move. And it's like, it's kind of like spades. You know, like you, you only use that big joker when you absolutely have to. I mean, you don't want to use it. 
You want to save that till the very, very end of the game and just throw it down when it's just a wrap. And you know what I'm saying? But, you know, and that's how men are when they're dealing with a woman who they know that they're not going to be with, but they want to keep around for a certain a period of time for a particular reason. And so that ring is like that, that big joker. You know, they, they, they only will put, they'll pull that, they'll, pull, they'll use that as the big gun. You know, when they feel like all else has failed, when they feel like the nagging is no longer nagging and it's actually an ultimatum and they absolutely have to do it or they know for a fact that you're gone. Now, most most women never get to that point because they they, they never, you know, they, the, the BS of the man is, is such that, you know, they, they never are able to just walk away and, and have that man believing that they're ever truly in jeopardy, you know. And so, but, you know, in, in, you know, a few cases, there will be instances where, you know, it's been three years, it's been five years, and the only thing that's going to get her to pick up that phone, the only thing that will get you guys back to how, he you know, he wants you is him popping up, with that with that ring. Now, that's not to say that the ring has to be something nice, something exquisite, you know, the three C's, color cut clarity, you know, none of those things are applicable. I mean, the the color is look like looking like a rainbow. The like the, the cloudiness is look like, you know, a rainy day outside on that thing, you know, and the cut <laughs> is just, you know, non-existent. You know, but none of that stuff matters. You're looking at that thing like, oh, my gosh, it's a ring. I look at some of these rings. And this is, see, a lot of, you know, really listen to that show if you guys missed it because we really went into detail about, you know, uh, you know, the mentality, the thought process behind it. It's a lot of excuses being made for these, these piss-poor examples of engagement rings out here. Now, I'm not saying that you should be the type of woman who's a gold digger, and a lot of women say, well, what if he can't afford it? No, no, it's not about what if he can't afford it. It's about the fact that he can afford it, but he doesn't want to afford it, and he doesn't view like view you as being worthy of him affording it. Because that's really what's going on out here. I mean, you look at, you know, these men got these PlayStation 3s, they got these Jordans, you know, they got all this stuff, these cars, these rims. But when it comes to that ring, he got your ring out the bubblegum machine. Your ring came from the bottom of the Cracker Jack box. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, what's that? But y'all still, you know, rock that thing. And, you know, what you laughing for, Courtney? You didn't even know what color clarity meant. So funny. What you laughing at? Clearly I did. You're like the ring connoisseur over there. So I'm just listening. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it is. You know, and so a lot of times women, they get caught up and thinking that, okay, yeah, it's a ring, great, I don't have to be single. That's their confirmation. That's their validation for staying for five years, for four years, for seven years. But those are the types of things that, you know, really unfortunately don't mean anything. A ring doesn't mean a thing if it's not accompanied with love and commitment and and God's blessing. A lot of women say, oh, you know, they, they'll pray about something, pray and pray. Oh, yeah, I, I got a ring, great. But he still doesn't want to be with you. That's why we have the goodbye game. Courtney, that particular situation that you were that we were talking about with you when you were Spider-Man climbing through windows, you know, all of those things being said, if he would have popped up with that ring, what would have happened? Yeah, I probably uh, would have wanted to 
Right. Yeah. I, I, I would have. I, I don't even think I would have really thought much about it. I probably just would have been happy to have a ring. And then, yeah, I, I would have went back to it. <laughs> and just hope for the no. best. Right. Somebody in the group said rings from Forever Twenty One look better than somebody. That's I mean, that's really what it is. Stop stop making excuses for these rings. Stop it. Stop making excuses for your ring. And I'm and this is you know, it is what it is, guys. Because rings I mean, see, I think you know, mo I found that most women really don't do research, like independent research on rings just, you know, uh when they're single and but you know, you really got to look at rings, you know, in today's society. The jewelry industry as a whole, I mean, you look at, like here in Philly, there's a place called Jewelers Row where there's, it's downtown Philly, where there are at least, I mean, there are dozens. It's, that's why it's called Jewelers Row because like, it's like at least three blocks, maybe like four blocks straight of nothing but jewelry stores, and they all have engagement rings. So you can get your, you know, your expensive rings, your cheap rings, your, you know, your nice rings, your middle of the, the range types of rings. So, I mean, you go to these places, I mean, you're going to get a good deal. Now, if you decide to go to, you know, K Jewelers, well, you know, you're not going to talk them down but so much. But I'm saying if you – my point is you can get a nice ring, a nice two-carat, three-carat ring for a relatively decent price. You don't – I mean, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and lie to you all. Don't think your ring actually cost $20,000, ladies. Don't think that it costs like ten thousand in most cases. Don't even think that it costs five thousand in most cases. To be real with y'all, you know. Now that's not to say that it can't appraise for that much, but I know some of y'all walking around with stolen engagement rings. Just to be real with y'all, you know what I'm saying? Your man got the hook. I mean, it is, hey, I'm not hating. A diamond is a diamond. I don't care where you get it from, but just know what it is. But if that ring is not at least, I'm and this is. I'm saying this with all sincerity, and the fellas know what I'm saying. The ladies will make excuses, but the fellas know what I'm saying. I don't care what his financial situation is. I don't care what's going on. Ninety percent of the time, if that man and when that man actually loves you and really wants to be with you, okay, if it's not that big joker, but it's actually, you know, uh, uh, the ring is actually symbolic of how he feels about you and indicative of how he feels about you, that ring is going to be looking like something nice. That ring is going to turn some heads. That ring is going to impress your girlfriends. If it doesn't, and I'm and I'm nobody. I'm just a regular guy. I'm, But, you know what I'm saying, I do think that, you know, I've been around the block. I bought two rings. You understand that uh, in my life? And I'm just being honest with you, 90% of the time when that ring looks like it came out the Cracker Jack box, that relationship is not going anywhere. That is not, half the time y'all won't even make it to the to the altar, you know. And if you do, you know, better get Judge Judy on, on speed dial uh, or Judge Maybelline, I should say. Divorce court. That's where that's headed. So I'm just saying, do yourselves a favor because it's a, it's a lot easier to break up than it is to get a divorce. Okay, it's a lot easier to just go your separate ways than it is to have to try to figure out custody and have to go through the child support courts and try to figure out, you know, living arrangements and, you know, I mean all that stuff. 
You know, don't play the goodbye game. Don't make a game out of it. Just, you know, do what you need to do so that you can be blessed with love the first time around. Okay? Any thoughts on that before we keep it moving? No. No. But yeah, you said it all. I mean, let me ask you, Courtney. I mean, I know it's been a couple months since we last discussed it. I know you said you weren't really into rings, but have, since then, have you given any thoughts to the kind of ring that you'd like to see on your finger? A little bit. A little bit. I've been looking. Come on, so Courtney. Stop being shy. <laughs> well, because I, I mean, I, I haven't done extensive research. I just know. I mean, I looked at, like, the princess cut. You know, I but I haven't done like a whole lot, but I did see some that I like. So what do you want? What's your ideal ring? What you looking for? Um, I'm looking for two carat um, princess cut. I want it um, to be white gold. I think that's nice. And um, yeah, I haven't really like just you know decided on like the design of it, but um, too much. Two carats, white gold, princess cut. Okay, that's a nice little ring right there. Let me tell y'all something. See, that's that's a nice ring, and I'm just telling y'all that's not a a two carat. I mean, we're not talking about some crap, you know, from the Real Housewives of Atlanta or you know these weirdos out here. Kobe Bryant spending four million dollars on a ring. We're not talking nothing crazy like that. You don't have to do that. I mean, what Courtney just described for the average woman. Is it, first, uh, let me just say this. I mean, what Courtney just described, it, it, it would be better than 90% of the engagement rings and wedding bands out here in the black community. Okay, be clear about that. I look at rings. Trust me. I am, as Courtney said, a ring connoisseur. 90% of rings out here aren't even two carats. Trust me on that. Okay? Trust me on that. 90% percent of rings that I've seen are like maybe one and a half, maybe, total. You know you understand? Like if you have, like you, I'll break it down for you a little bit. Like if you have a a single, um, what do you call it, like a, the the center stone, if, normally that'll be a carrot and then the other, you know, diamonds will make up the two. That's a nice ring. But if you have a a two carat center stone, like just a, it's a solitaire is what I, the what I was looking for. That's a that's a huge ring, okay. Just so you know, like that's a very big ring. That's gonna turn some heads ridiculously. But you don't. But most times you don't see that. That's why you see like a lot of the. You might have one and a half uh, up, up front and the rest are along the side. I mean that's nice. That's cool. Two carats. But I'm just saying. Most of y'all don't even see that. You don't see people with really black women with huge rings, do you? Courtney, you know you don't. No, I don't. Right. In fact, you would show if you see a ring that appears, if you look at it, like, wow, that's kind of a small ring. That means that the center stone is most likely like a half a carat, maybe a carat, and it's like some other crap on the side. You're talking about a total of like one and one, one and a half. If that, those are cheap rings, okay. And again, I'm just really emphasizing. I want to be real about it. I don't want to make excuses. And I'm not. And this is no disrespect. I mean, you can afford what you can afford, but fellas, you know you can do better. Ladies, you know he could. You look at his wardrobe is better. His car is more than that. He put more on his system in his car than he did on your ring. 
that is an embarrassment and it and is indicative of how that man feels about you and the direction that your uh marriage is going if your if his car is more valuable than your ring that's you know that's i mean that's probably a, an issue okay i mean i'm just i'm just saying it shows you where his priorities are if you are not his priority and that man doesn't want to be with you. And we let, we got to stop making excuses for these bastards out here. Over the next few days, I'll probably rebroadcast that show we did uh, prior to uh, the new year, How to Avoid Dealing with a Low-Down Dirty Bastard in 2014. I mean, a lot of y'all missed that show. So, you know, so a lot of y'all heard it too, but some of y'all missed it. And I mean, I can't imagine what could be a more informative show than that because some of y'all are dealing with some bastards. Somebody says, you know, well, what? how do you know, Daydon, you know, what if you, I get a lot of questions, what if you, you know, you're dealing with somebody and, you know, y'all break up, but then, you know, y'all reconnect, you know, years later, and then, you know, is it possible that that works out? Well, that's a good question. But a better question would be, you really, again, this is that's a good question from a female standpoint, you know, a female point of view. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that could happen. But then you've got to look at it from a male standpoint, and when you really understand how we operate as men, you're going to understand that if that man truly wanted you and when a man truly wants you, it's not going to be a matter of, oh, yeah, we lost touch for 10 years, we reconnected. No, he's not going to let you out of his sight. He's not going to let you out of his sight for one minute, let alone a year, let alone for two years or five years. Oh, yeah, we moved away, and uh, he, he looked me up. He, we reconnected on Facebook. No, nah, he came across your page randomly and was like, oh, okay. Let, he wasn't thinking about you. When a man is thinking about a woman, he goes after that woman. If you haven't heard from that man, if you dealt with him, but then you lost touch with him, well, that means he was out there living life looking for love. He wasn't thinking about you. Trust me, when that man, you know, when you're, you know, when a man sees a future with you, he's you're always going to be on his radar. He's always going to be in touch with you. He's always going to be trying to make you his wife. If for whatever reason that's not happening, it's because he doesn't want to be with you. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think a lot of uh, women, they don't want to come to the realization that, you know, um, in those situations where they lose touch and they hook back up, you know, that it's really because that woman was his last resort. It was kind of like, you know, it was convenient. But, you know, as women will look at it, it's like, oh, well, it, this is true love because, you know, if you love something, let it go. And I hate that phrase. And then when it comes back to you, it's yours or whatever. You know which phrase I'm talking about. But we'll hold on to that. And we'll think, oh, this is this must be true love because, you know, he came back to me. And then years down the line when it doesn't work out, we're wondering, well, why? Right. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. That's I don't know who came up with that. I mean, I don't know, like, where that came from, but it's just absolutely ridiculous. Because when a man loves you, when a man wants to be with you, he's not going to, you know, let you go. And then the hope that it just comes back. That one, but more importantly, that's not how God operates. Where in the Bible does God become uh, some type of magician? You know, oh, it, it left, but let's just make it. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't play those types of games. He, he's not an, a God of uh, confusion or doubt or uncertainty. So if you have to, like, 
you know, question. That's just not what it looks like. That's not what true love looks like. That's not what the success stories look like. Now, I'm not saying that you can't stay with somebody for years and years and years and live even what would appear to most as being a happy marriage. But, again, you got to look at so many men out here who are unhappy, who are cheating, who are, uh, you know, doing other things that you don't even know about specifically because you weren't the woman that he wanted to be with to be, you know, to begin with. And that's what's most important. Don't be that woman who a man says, oh, what the heck, I'm just going to be with her because I can't find anybody else. She's a good girl. I know she ain't out there. Yeah, I really don't want to be with her, but the rest of these women out here are hoes, so I'm just going to go ahead and um, settle down and, and I'll just do my thing on the side. There are a lot of men who who cheat out here. You know what I mean? I mean, like, really. There's there's really a lot of men out here who who not only are married but live active like are actively in the player stage. Like I see it every day. I'm just like, yo, that that's that's crazy. Like these these dudes out here smashing off hoes, like having jump offs and, you know, having whole separate lives and, and their wives and their girlfriends don't even know about it. You know, I'm not sitting up here trying to snitch on the guys, but, you know, I I'm just saying. <laughs> like it's crazy. You know, and the, and the men don't even feel bad because they know that they almost look at it. They almost, the funny thing is they resent their wives for ha- causing them to live that type of, you know, that type of double life. Really, they don't, they don't even want to be married, but because of society, because of, you know, you're nagging, say, okay, what the heck, let me just marry her. But they're, they're really living an unhappy life, and uh, it's just an all-around bad situation. So just, you know, take, take it upon yourselves to not even put yourselves into that uh, into that situation. I want to go to the phone lines. I do see a couple calls on the line here. It's keeping it real Fridays here. We're talking about the goodbye game in a little bit, a few minutes. We're going to go ahead and actually listen to uh, the song from uh, from Chrisette Michelle that um, you know that, that does a good job of really epitomizing uh, what what true empowerment is and, and just you know identifying when it's not when there is no future and and, and um, you know and, and walking away. Uh, from a bad situation, so definitely, um, you know, one of my favorite songs. But we'll take calls six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypads, and um, yeah, I see a call here from the uh, eight four five area code. Welcome to the Day Don Tolbert Show. Hello. Yes, hello. Yeah, I was um, calling about you were talking about the things, and I was saying, what if? Um, the female doesn't even like wedding rings. I know many people who are married and don't have wedding rings. Not everybody believes in wedding rings. You're right. You're absolutely right. So then, I mean, that's and there's no problem with that. But what I'm speaking of is the people who do believe in them. I'm talking about the women who actually want a, a nice ring, and I'm talking about the men who actually want to give their the woman that they're seeing, a, that they see a future with, a nicer. I'm talking about those. If you don't want a ring and you make a decision like, hey, we're just going to have, you know, um, we're not going to have rings or we're just going to do something non-traditional, hey, I'm all for that. But that's not what we're here. We're talking about the couples who who actually want rings, the women who want rings, a nice, a nice ring, but the men who are too cheap to get it and the men who don't even view their women as being valuable enough and worthy enough to have that nice ring. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, 
Yeah, I was about to say, because maybe I'm the weird one, because if I get a ring, I want my ring to be like my parents' ring. See, they have, like, plain, simple rings. But on the inside of it, it's engraved their um, wedding day and their initials. There's no big fancy nothing. I would want something plain and simple like that because I don't really like rings. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thanks for calling. Let everybody know where you're calling them from. I'm calling them from um, Spring Valley, New York. New York. Okay, cool. No, thanks for listening. I appreciate that. No, she, and she makes a really good point. And listen, I have no problem with that. I have, a, and I probably should have said that. I have so many people. I know a lot of ma- happily married. In fact, one of my good friends, he was, uh, uh, I was at the wedding. You know, I mean, they, I don't, they had something very non-traditional, kind of Afrocentric. I mean, it was beautiful. But see, what you got to realize is. That's something that they agreed upon. See, what you got to realize out there is that you have to understand, when a man loves a woman, and I would encourage you all to go ahead and listen to that show that I did several years ago. This will be an all-time classic show that will just, I won't even have to redo it. You can just listen to it, you know, over and over again to understand what it looks like when a man loves a woman. Just Google that, when a man loves a woman on the Day Don Tolbert show. It'll come right up for you. Probably find a picture of the notebook up there, or uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, what's the other guy's name uh, from the movie? Um, Andy Garcia, and, uh, Meg Ryan. Probably see that flyer up there when you Google it. But when a man truly loves a woman, he's gonna inquire. See, that's what you gotta realize. I'm, you know, he's not just gonna ink- talk about marriage, but you, you will talk about it. But the action, or excuse me, the conversation is gonna be followed with action. So if you're saying, hey, look, like Courtney, she said, hey, look, this is the type of ring I want. He's going to know that. He's, he knows, like he's going to know, okay, approximately the, this is the type of ring that Courtney wants. So he's not going to come with no craziness and say, oh, hey, let's do something non-traditional. Let's do something different. Let me just give you this, this piece of wood to put around your finger, and we'll just call that our wedding band. If, <laughs> he's not going to do that because he knows what Courtney actually wants. But this young woman here just said, hey, no, this is me. This is what I actually want. That would be romantic to me. That would be special to me. So he's going to know that. You see what I'm saying? What I found typically, I mean, the rings, that's more so something that, you know, for the woman. Like, I mean, like my wedding band is cool. I'll probably end up upgrading it in a couple of years doing some, just because I, you know what I mean? But, I mean, it's it's nothing major. Like, it, it didn't. I mean, it's nice, but... My wife is. That was more so for her, because like that's what she wanted, and that's what I wanted for her. And so I think a lot of times you have to, um, as the man, you got to just kind of just focus on what she wants and get it. That's what was going on out here. These men are not even factoring in what their woman wants because they don't care and they're selfish bastards in most cases. I say that all the time. Most men out here are losers. Most men out here are liars, dogs, cheaters, and players. You know, most men, I mean, it's, it's sad to say. I'm not just talking about in the black community, but, I mean, that's just the, the nature of the, you know, the business. I mean, it's like, you know, 10% of the men out here are, are truly special. The Bible says one in a thousand will be a true man of God. I mean, so, you know, it's all about you being that 10% of these of these other women out here so you can be found by that you know by that true man of God. Bible already says who can find a virtuous woman. In fact, last night's show was a rebroadcast 
of my special on uh, on Proverbs 31. I really hope you guys aren't out there only listening in when we're live. I mean, that would just be ludicrous. That would just be ridiculous, especially if you're a new listener, especially if, you know, you haven't heard all, you know, a couple of thousand shows that we've done over the last eight to ten years. You know, like that would be a, a very big mistake because sometimes I'll go deep in the crates and just pull out a classic episode from like, you know, two two years ago, three years ago. So don't assume that you've heard all the shows because every show is going to pertain to you and, you know, in some manner. And, um, yeah, that's just that's what it is. So, But, no, good call, good question from the young woman. You guys are all welcome to call in with uh, questions, comments, feedback, uh, situations. We'll do a couple, um, you know, advice questions and things like that a little bit later on. Um, Friday nights are always good. I always wonder, like, what the heck is it about Fridays? You know, but, but I think it's, you know, the end of the week. You know, most people don't have to work, kind of kick their feet up. You know what I mean? They kind of don't have to worry about that alarm going off at 5.45 in the morning. You know how it goes, Courtney. That's the exact time I wake up. That's why you said that. What, yeah. 5.45? Yeah. Well, yeah. I say I pause because I wake up like six times because I'm never going back to sleep. But, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, there's something about the end of the week. You know what? Lazy. I didn't even ask you. I didn't even ask for that commentary. <laughs> Man. No, but... So, so yeah, so that's that's how it goes a lot of times with these rings, which, which again, it all ties back into the goodbye game. Because I'm telling you, when if I, see, a lot of women don't get it. They say, oh, we're working on something. We're trying to work things out. We're, we're in counseling. We're doing this. We've been on again, off again. You really got to understand what the goodbye game means. If you say goodbye and he lets you go, and then you reconnect a week later, two weeks later, you've got to under, don't just let the devil cause you to block that out, you know, as far as what he's actually doing in that time that you're apart. That's time that he's actually, you know, having sex with other women. He's, you know, going on, on, on these dating sites, you know, creating profiles, um, you know, meeting other women, interacting with them, Dwayne Wade, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happens. I don't, oh, well, he didn't cheat because they were broken up. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what do you think he was doing when they were broken up? When you truly, and this is, I, I can't wait. I mean, I, I mean, I shouldn't say it. I, I don't want to be like that, but that's exactly what it looks like. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade have been playing the goodbye game. They're just now at a point where, okay, on again, off again. Now they're on again. It just so happens that she's pregnant, but. Uh, and in many, she's doing what a lot of women hope will, you know, will lead to marriage and, and long-term happiness. They think that a baby will solve your problems. Ladies, babies create problems if you're dealing with a man who doesn't really want to be with you. There's something in Dwayne Wade's mind. You have to understand. I get it. I see it so clearly. So many women, they don't get it. They're happy for them. They think, oh, my gosh, they have a great story. No, they do not have a great story. They do not have a great story. You can stop watching Being Mary Jane trying to live vicariously through Gabrielle Union because she, just like so many other women, are going to end up being 40 and single with about two kids before it's all over. You have to put yourself into the mind of Dwayne Wade. Something was going on in his mind when he let her walk out the door and they were broken up for two months. He wasn't thinking about her for two months. 
When a man loves a woman, he doesn't let her go. He doesn't let her go out into the wolves. He, he doesn't into the world. He doesn't throw her to the wolves. He holds her and he holds her tight. He holds her close. He says, "You're mine, and you're not going anywhere." If he does, then that means that he doesn't want to be with her, and he wants to see what else is out there. Now, after Dwayne Wade smashed off a couple of model chicks, you know, got to jump off pregnant, was hitting that role, you know. I mean, he then he said, "You know what?" Yeah, I see what I had. Yeah, these hoes. You know, I'm getting a little bit older. I had my fun or this round of fun. Let me go ahead and settle down with wifey. Yes, that may be true, but that's not that that the the reason for it was not genuine. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't that. Oh, I love her. Because if he loved her, he would have been with her and not let her go. He wouldn't have gotten a jump off pregnant if he truly wanted to be with her. And was passionate about being with her. Do you see the difference between that, Courtney? A lot of women don't get that. Yes, I see it clearly. I see it so clearly. It's so obvious. It, it really is. Because, I mean, it's just anytime you just, you know, take that break from somebody, period, it wasn't It wasn't serious. And it was a point, I mean, and I have been, I shouldn't say I've been following this situation, but this is like nothing new. I think it's just maybe because it's coming to light, but. That kind of stuff, I think, has been going on the whole time with them. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, of course. And, you know, when you really you really have to look at, you know, the, a woman's state of mind, a woman's emotional state, self-esteem issues, insecurity issues. She's spoken about early growing up, you know, her skin complexion was a reason, you know, uh, part of the reason for some of her uh, insecurities growing up. I mean, these are all things that, that stay with many women until they take active steps to, you know, to deal with them. You know, those types of insecurities, those types those types of lies uh, being believed by the enemy, they don't just go away on their own, okay? Those are the types of things that you have to really be proactive with. And um, unfortunately, you know, you can tell she does have a significant, um, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a fear of being alone, but definitely there's some uh, uncertainties and insecurities that have uh, that have caused her to doubt herself. I mean, she's cool. Gabrielle Union is cool. I mean, she's nice, pretty girl. Um, I mean, nobody I've ever been like super excited about. Oh my gosh, Gabrielle Union! Like, oh, like you know. But you know, I think that you know she at this point, and it's really unfortunate because you're, we're seeing so many women, black women, in fact. You know, idolizing people like her, you know, Olivia Pope. I mean, just really the the wrong types of um, role models. Now, Courtney, I've never seen it. You guys know me. I, we, we do a lot of shows. I've never watched it. You know, what is the hype about this? I mean, I already know the hype. We know why. I mean, it should be obvious why it's so popular. But, I mean, are you a watcher of it? Have you seen it? Uh, being Mary uh, Jane? Being Mary? Yeah, I, I watch it. I do. What what is yeah. the I mean the premise of it why I mean what is the appeal what is it What's... I mean it's just really it's just I think it's the drama of it um, and the fact that she's sleeping with a married man and you know you you get to follow her situation and you know then it's a confrontation between her and the wife and a lot of women you know can relate to that because they found themselves in situations like that you know where. You, either they knew their man was cheating or, you know, they were the one that, you know, that was um, the jump off. So 
also on the other side. So I think um, that's why so many people gravitate um, toward that, and they just feel like, okay, that's that's me or that's my life, and so maybe things will work out for me. Because, you know, they glamorize it on that show um, just like they do on Scandal. You know, they make it seem like her, Alan and Mary guy, they're going to be live together happily ever after. I think he proposed on the last episode, so. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's funny. So Oh, oh, my bad. So hold on. Let me just make. Let me just get this straight. So you're saying a, a married man proposed to Gabrielle Union? Yes, he he proposed um, to her on the last episode. But then on the end of the at the end of the episode, he wound up going back to his wife and um, sleeping with her and leaving <laughs> Gabrielle by herself in the bed. So. <laughs> and that's what she gets. And that's what she gets. Let me explain. See, I've never, you know, like I said, I mean, I have very limited TV time. I mean, I'm a pretty busy guy. So, you know, if, if there is a show that I watch, like, on a regular basis, you better believe it's one of the best shows of all time. Like, I only make time for, you know, great shows. And, I mean, you know, I just don't have time for the BS, to be honest with you. I mean, I may end up watching it. I may watch a few shows just to, because it seems, just from what you guys are saying, um, you know, online and things like that, that, there may be some teachable moments uh, from the show, but I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I really have never even inquired about what it was about. You know, I just hadn't. I just, she's not a good actress. Gabrielle is just not one of my favorite actresses. To me, she cannot act. Uh, really, Daddy's Little Girls. Uh, my wife will tell you that was like really one of the top five worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and solely, and even Deliverance from Eva, like just horrible movies. All around, and she's just like a horrible actress. Like, I, I really can't stand her as an actress. But, um, I, so I, that that just really was a, the main reason why I had no desire to watch it. But now that I see that she's a ho- she plays a whore in the movie, like I may check it out because we need to talk about that. You know, we need to speak out against whorish behavior being glamorized in the black community. You know what? And that's the, the that is the reason why we speak out against shows like Scandal. You know, like. Um, uh, that you know the housewives and love and hip hop. I mean, they were you know doing shows about you know these whores, you know, and and black women idolizing prostitution and, and whorish behavior and just foolishness. That is not okay. I mean, you look back in a day. I mean, there used to be great shows out there like you know Family Matters and you know um, the Parenthood and um, you know I mean just Cosby's and Different World. I mean, so many great shows. You know, I mean, stuff like this even makes you look back at the not-so-great shows and be like, wow, what happened to them? Like the All of Us and, um, you know, even L Cool J shows. I mean, even these were like positive shows with positive, you know, people. I mean, now you just got straight hoes. You know what I mean? There were no shows like this. I mean, back in the day, this is how far how far we've fallen as a community. Back in the day, remember those protests, Courtney, when people actually used to protest about there not being any blacks in prominent roles on network TV, and you know people are, now people. <laughs> here's the funny thing. Here's the fun. This is I just thought of, this is actually crazy. That back when I was coming up, there was even there were debates, there were protests about the, you know wanting more African American females in leading roles on network television. That's not the debate anymore. Now they're freaking mad that they want blacks. On, on Saturday Night Live, they want black buffoons. They want black comedians. What? Forget black comedians. What you need black buffoons for? 
black coons on a white show. You know, now that they got a black chick on there, what you think they going to have her do? Now now they got somebody to play Oprah. Now they got somebody to play Jennifer Hudson. whoop de doo More buffoonery and coonery. That's all they're going to do. What you, I mean, y'all, the people are worried about Saturday Night Live. Back when I was growing up, people worried about black people, you know, in leading roles like Regina Taylor in, in I'll Fly Away. People wanted those types of roles. Now we want to protest about Saturday Night Live? Are y'all cra- I mean, like, are, are you serious? Am I the only person that has a problem with that? I mean, do you not see the just the ridiculous nature of that? Like, nobody even cares. People have become content with Olivia Pope. People have become content with being Mary Jane, you know, as whores. There's not one black, I mean, show me a black actress on network television that's actually presenting herself in a positive manner. And I'm not saying there are none, but just name one. Can you name one off the top of your head? I, I, I'm trying in this just in this moment, and I, no, no one really jumps out at me. And that's a problem because back in the day, you can name like five or six or maybe even ten of them just without even trying. Right, because I can't think of anybody. I mean, that's a problem. Not at all. But we all know the Olivia's, uh, you know, and, um, you know, from uh, Love and Hip Hop, Yandy. Uh, Tahiri, K. Michelle, those are the new, you know, role models for these black women. It's ridiculous. And then we wonder why the black community is jacked up. We wonder why the black family is jacked up. Because look at the role models. You know, look at, look at you know, I mean, entertainment. I mean, we're going to be entertained one way or another. There's always going to be entertainment. It's just, you know, and how we are being entertained as people is going to uh, be indicative of the, the state of the black community. That's all. You know, it is. You know, people want to get mad. Oh, uh, you know, the butler wasn't nominated for any awards. Mandela didn't get nominated for any awards. What you mad for? You didn't go see it. What you what you upset for? What you mean you didn't get it? How do you even know if it was a good movie or not? You ain't see it. Don't say act like you saw it. People want to protest about something they didn't even see. Tell something about Idris Elba. He ain't get nominated. How well? How do you know he should have been nominated? You ain't go see Mandela. It ain't, it ain't out on DVD yet. It's on the Hood DVD. You know what I'm saying? But you know, obviously, it's, you, you, Courtney, come on. You see the hypocrisy that exists in much of the community. I do, I do, and it, it's sickening. It, it is, <laughs> it is, because those same people that argue about, you know, um, us not, us as a people, just not progressing, or you know, or we're not being nominated for Oscars, we're not being recognized for this. But like you said, we don't go and support each other. We we don't, you know, we don't see those movies like The Butler and Twelve Years of Slaves, but. We go opening weekend every time Tyler Perry comes out with movies, specifically the Medea movies. We're we're there all the time supporting that. It's like we find ourselves being passionate about the wrong thing, and and that's the problem. Like your your arguments can't be justified if if you don't even you don't even support your you know your own people the right way, not the buffoonery, but like the quality programming. Right. 
I want to play this song and I want to dissect the lyrics a little bit and talk about what it means for the black community. But um, I want you guys to set your calendars. Martin Luther King Day is Monday. We're going to be live on uh, Monday to do our annual. You guys know every year we do, and we've done so at least the last three or four years, uh, we do our annual State of the Black Community Address where we literally discuss, um, you know, just, just what's going on, where we stand as a people. Um, because I believe that that's what Dr. King would have wanted us to do, you know. Um, that's what he wanted us to do more of, in the in, you know when he was here. So the next live show you guys here will actually be our uh, our annual uh, Dr. King special on uh, on Monday night. But we're gonna add a little twist of it. I've been talking a lot uh, or t- twist to it uh, over the last couple months. Uh, really, ever since I saw. 12 Years a Slave, I've, I've made a, a point to, you know, we said we're going to do a show on it, but incorporate 12 Years a Slave and uh, being a black man in white America. So I'm actually going to say, wow, you know what, we're going to do the show. We got the Dr. King show coming up anyway, so why don't we just do that? And I think that would be a great way to honor Dr. King and, um, you know, to talk about, you know, where we stand as just from a a male perspective, a black male perspective. So, might have a couple of special guests here, which you know, with me to uh, on that on that show to just um, share their experiences. You know, in corporate America, uh, their experiences in in the black community, just being a black man in in, in white America, and um, and we will do an in depth analyzation of the movie Twelve Years a Slave. And I found that there's so many different um, connections that can be made to the movie and and uh, what we saw, you know, and what we as men lived through, and you know, as being black men in America. So definitely check out Monday Night Show. In the meantime, we'll probably do a couple uh, classic rebroadcasts. But yeah, definitely be back live, like we do every year for uh, for Monday's uh, Dr. King special. You you cool with that, Courtney? You excited about that? Yes, I am. I can't wait. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a good show. You know, we just, we got to, we just, in 2014, we just want to take it to another level, you know, just take radio to another level. I mean, you know, this is, we live in a society where, you know, radio has just fallen off. You know, I mean, radio shows aren't even radio shows nowadays. They're, they're, they're elongated infomercials, you know, that are influenced by the advertising dollars that keep these shows afloat. You know, I speak from time to time about a lot of people don't understand how the radio, really how the entertainment industry works as a whole. You know, you can't, you turn on your radio, they're saying and are forced to say what exact, not just what, but exactly what the the powers that be want them to say. You know, whether it's buffoonery, whether it's, un, you know, just, you know, coming off as uneducated, illiterate, you know, buffoons. That's what it's going to be for 90% of radio out here because that's the agenda that's been put forth by these corporations that pay millions of dollars to these stations. So the station, the the advertisers say, hey, look, this is the message I want to put forth. So the radio says, all right, well, we will get X, Y, and Z, quote, unquote, you know, radio personalities or DJs to, to, you know, help you get that message, you know, and that push forth that agenda, you know, whether and they'll do it through topics. They'll do it through celebrity guests, rappers, entertainers. It's all controlled. A lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand. Like, when you listen to me, you're listening to me. When you turn on your radio, you're not listening to the host. You're listening to, you know, what the host is has been told to talk about. 
when they want to talk about it. That's why you don't hear a whole bunch of commercials on this show, because I would then become a slave to the advertisements. Because you have to, if you want to keep that money coming in, you have to do and say what they want you to say. That's why a lot of people say, oh, they don't, why don't you go here, why don't you go there? No, I can't go there because I want to be me. I don't want to be somebody else. I don't want Deborah Lee telling me what I can say and what I can't say because she herself is being controlled. You know what I'm saying? All these other people are being controlled. The Power 99s, the whatever your station is out there in Chicago, wherever you're Hot 97 up there in New York, you know, with the young woman who called in. These are all puppets. You know what I'm saying? They're all puppets. And that's what we got to get away from. We got to stand, you know, we'll talk more about that, you know, as, as 2014 goes on. But there's so much stuff that, that you know, the pe- that we do not know as a people about how the world works, how our community works, you know. And I, I want to say publicly, I want to say publicly, and this is controversial, I'm sure, or will be controversial, but I want to say publicly, I owe uh, uh, Jesse Jackson an apology, you know what I'm saying? Because publicly on this show a few years ago, we all got on him when when I guess that, that microphone was live and he said, you know, he was referring to Obama. He said he wants to cut his nuts off. You know, and I sat up here on this show and I publicly criticized him for that and I said that he was hating and you know, I wasn't even interested in hearing the real you know, the real you know, what even made him say that. But, you know, eight years later <laughs> I can I can uh I can appreciate that and I can understand exactly why he said that. And if you guys don't aren't familiar with what he said, you know, on this, this faith based S H I T, he said, I just want to cut his effing nuts off. You know, basically speaking about the double mindedness and the, the inconsistencies and the hypocrisy that Obama puts forth when discussing spiritually based uh issues. He's a hypocrite and he and he and he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. So I understand fully why uh, why Jesse uh, Jackson said he wants to I mean, you know, cut his nuts. I might not have phrased in that way, but I now get it. And so, you know, I do apologize for that because, you know, I, I, you know, most people just chalked it up to, you know, him hating. And it's not, it's not, a, not all about hating. You know, a lot, there's a lot of truth to a lot of criticism. And I think we need to really start thinking outside of the box, you know, because there are a lot of false prophets. There are a lot of hypocrites. You know, there are a lot of double-minded individuals that the Bible does speak about that will draw people to them and away from the word. And those are the people that... um you know, unfortunately, um, will, will be known as the Antichrist that are here now, uh, you know, in, in the world amongst us. So, you know, like I said, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, you know, I, I just want I, – somebody asked me about that, you know, over the last week. They said, you know, people – shout out to the people who actually listen. Shout out to the people who listen to the show and, and, and remember stuff and something, you know, I, and, and I encourage it. I encourage you. Call, if I say something – you know, if I said something from back in the day that you guys remember that might be different now, and I'm sure there are many things because I have different ways of thinking now than I did a few years ago, but, you know, let me know. Hit me up, inbox me, email me, and I'll talk about it. If I need to apologize, if I say something, you know, listen, I'm not, you know, I don't I don't talk outside of both sides of my mouth. I, you know, I keep it honest with y'all. But, yeah, I, I, I want to cut his nuts off too, man. <laughs> Shoot. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real with you, Courtney. <laughs> You remember? You probably remember that show. You remember when we you you were uh, listening when he Obama won his first term, right? Yes, I remember that. I do. I do. Damn. He was like, man. And, and, yeah, I'm, oh no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say 
I mean, I remember it now that you mentioned it, but I had for I had actually forgotten about it that he had said that, and I, you know, I also had forgotten I had said he um, was a hater as well. <laughs> I said the same thing. Oh, he's just hating, you know, because he actually won, and you know, he Jesse Jackson tried to run and he didn't make it. I just and I was saying all of that stuff. I'm just like everybody else, but now it you get it, you know, it makes sense because you see the hypocrisy. Yeah, man. He said, man. He said, man. This Obama and this faith based. I'm opposed to later. <laughs> Yo, he was mad as crap. He said, man. This, you know, Obama on it is faith, faith based. Man, I just want to cut his nuts off. <laughs> what the? Heck? Oh gosh. Oh, it's funny, man. It's funny. But no, it's, it's real. I feel him. But anyway, I want, I'm gonna go. Let's go into this song because I do want to take some time tonight uh, before we get out of here, and I want to listen to these, listen to the lyrics, and you know this. Like I said, this is one of the more empowering songs that I've heard, and, and you know, you just want a whole nother note. I mean, songs like this, you know, there's a reason why you don't see them, um, you know, or hear them being played on the radio and Chrisette Michelle is not a superstar like other people. I mean, as talented as anybody, but you know, it, 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 when you are singing about something that is empowering, when you're singing about something that, you know, is, you know, has the power to elevate black women. I mean, like really empower, not that fake empowerment, like I'm a survivor or independent, not that fake crap that's really designed to destroy black women. But when you're really talking about, respecting yourself, you know, um, walking away from dead-end situations. I mean, that's when you, you kind of get blackballed and, you know, blacklisted in the industry. And, um, you know, it's um it's unfortunate because uh, there are a lot of talented artists like, you know, India Ari, Chrisette Michelle, um, who have not um, become, I'll say, who have not become passionate about putting forth a, a demonic and, and satanic agenda like people like Alicia Keys, Beyonce, you know, Nicki Minaj, you know, like all those people, you know how they do. That's how. That's why you see them, you know, walking around with, you know, Baphomet, you know, designer shirts on like Sierra. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's how you become a superstar. But I respect women like Chrisette Michelle who have, you know, rem- remained true to uh, themselves. And, um, you know, it. and unfortunately may have sacrificed superstardom for that. But, you know, that's... That's the choice that we all have to make at some point. You know what I mean? But yeah, here's this is goodbye game. So listen to the song. Well, you know how we do. We'll come back. We'll talk about the lyrics and see if we can help some uh, some women break some chains and, and uh, get get out of some of these dead end toxic relationships. Listen up. Listen to these lyrics. Very important. Be right back.
All right, guys, that was Chrisette Michelle, Goodbye Game. Just, I, you know, Courtney was over there jamming. Come on, keep it real, Courtney. You, you was blasting it. You, uh, you, you had those hands up. You was bobbing your head. <laughs> yeah. For real, Courtney. You was, you was bobbing. You was bobbing today. Yeah, now, yo, yo, that song gets me hyped, man. I be, yo, I be cruising to that song, man. I be in the in the whip, man, driving down the street, yo, man, yo, that's that's classic music right there, man. Seriously, you know, back in the day, man, we used to switch it up. A lot of y'all didn't know this, y'all don't know nothing about this stuff. Back in the day, when people actually, you know, the young dudes would be blasting their music in the cars, well, we'd be down on South Street, which is a very popular hangout spot in Philly. <clears throat> At least it used to be. Now it's like gay town, like a whole bunch of you know gay guys be down there hanging out. But back in the day, that was a way that you would uh, pick up women, and we would come down there with a the nice whip, you know, top down or something, you know what I mean? Tinted windows, whatever it was, and uh, blasting not not the hip hop, not that crap, but we would throw on some Avant, you know, we would throw on some Maxwell, blasting the music. Women would be like, whoa, what the heck is this? They would get the women hype. You know what I mean? They like, oh, stand, they come on over to the car. Listen, we'd be just cruising down the street, driving all slow. That's how you, what you know about that? If you you were used to seeing the thugs blasting the DMX, but if you saw some some nice handsome men rocking some nice R and B, one of your favorite R and B songs in the whip, you would you know, come on, they would have got your attention, right? Yeah, that would have totally got my attention. That would have turned my head. Like to hear some Maxwell or even Kim. I like Kim. Like I would have been like, Whoa <laughs> not used to, I'm not used to that. Oh yeah, man. That's that's what it is, man. Back listen guys, I don't think you'll you'll ever find a group of guys that were just, you know, smoother at what we did, you know, than me and uh the homies back in the day. I mean we just you know, it was all about thinking outside the box and and just doing stuff, so um, but yeah, that was that. So I guess my point is, is that you know, with, with with songs like that, that are positive, that are empowering. You look at you know a song like that that speaks about respecting yourself and walking away and and not allowing yourself to be used. Whereas you have an independent woman, you know, where I, I, interestingly enough, it's a song about making yourself a jump off. That's the craziest thing. She says. You know, only call you when I'm feeling lonely. I'll only call you, you know, when it's all done. Please get up and leave. You you got to realize this is about a woman being used for sex. You know, so when you think of true empowering songs, it's not about something where you're making yourself a whore, you know, or you're allowing yourself to get smashed off on a Friday night. It's about when you're not allowing yourself to be used and, and taken advantage of and, and being naive and saying, hey, look, you know what? I respect myself and I'm not going to allow you to um you know to have your way with me. Ladies, don't allow any man to have their way with you. You're better than that. You're beautiful. Everybody's beautiful in some way. The only women who are ugly are women who allow themselves to be hoes. Because we you know when we talk about, you know, uh, in regards to how you're being viewed when you allow yourself to be used. It's not in a positive way. There's nothing beautiful about a hoe. There's nothing, not one thing. Now, I don't care what you look like. The most beautiful hoes are ugly. Wow, that's deep right there. The most beautiful hoes are ugly. You can't be beautiful and be a hoe. But a true woman of God, as we discussed last night when we when we discussed uh when we took an in depth look at Proverbs thirty one, that's that's a beautiful woman. Those are beautiful women. Take some calls real quick and then we'll we'll you know, break down 
uh, you know, this song, the Goodbye Game, 646-200-0366. Hit that number one on your keypad if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or feedback. See a call from the 502 area code. Welcome to Keeping It Real Fridays. Hi, this is Zine. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I had a comment about uh, something that you was talking about, about um, like a lot of uh, things that's going on in the entertainment industry. And as far as it um, being something that's kind of corrupting the minds of every culture right now, I feel like. Um, and it's like uh, um, people are being programmed, I feel like to accept certain things that uh, years ago were not accepted in the world, basically. And I, I can I can relate to that. I'm actually a, a recording artist, and um, I had an experience where um, I was working with a producer, and they wanted me to make a certain kind of music, that I didn't agree with. I'm a Christian woman, so uh, I kind of got like dropped out of the situation because of it. And what uh, they want you to do? What kind of music? Uh, they basically wanted me to make like uh, like sexually aggressive music, and I'm more of a positive kind of person female empowerment, things like that. And I have a younger sister and cousins that look up to me, and I kind of didn't want to put that message out there. So um, I was dropped out of the situation. And also, well, I was in Atlanta when the situation happened. And it was also like a situation where um, it was a couple of girls that was with me and we were supposed to go to, like, a board meeting or something like that. And it turned out that it was more like a, I don't want to say this on the air. I don't know who's listening to me right now. And they're probably going to be a little bit shocked. But it was more like a, a sex orgy type of party. And I ended up leaving um, before I could see anything that was going on. I didn't want to be there. I was uncomfortable. And so it's just like... um it's a lot of things that happen behind behind closed doors that people aren't aware of. And I have a lot of family and friends, and they're always asking me, well, why did you leave that situation? You know, you could have been so much farther. And I'm like, well, I just didn't want to go down that road to get to that level of whatever was going on or to just to get fame from it because I actually – want to represent myself in a different light than just being uh, the sexy singer or the girl that's always taking her clothes off. And so it's like, a, 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 I would say a faux pas. You know, people just, they don't really know what's going on, but and then they judge you, and they feel like you're stupid because you should have, you know, just went along with it, and I'm just, I'm just not with that. But... um Another thing that I, I want to comment on was uh, when you were talking about how women are a lot of times being uh, tricked, I guess, 
you I guess is that that's what you were saying, tricked into believing certain quotes and things like that about relationships and things like that. Um, I have friends that they really that they're not Christians and they don't believe the same things that, you know, I grew up on and they judge me a lot of the time because they're like, well, how can you say that, you know, God does this and God does that when, you know, you, you know, I had a, I had a daughter and I had a daughter out of wedlock and they're like, well, you should just, you know, just throw all those beliefs out the window because, you you know you sinned against God and I'm like well you always have a chance to turn your life around and I've always been the type of person that as long as I'm doing right and I'm praying and I'm you know doing what I'm supposed to do in the world to help other people out I know that God is gonna you know get me to where I need to go as far as love and relationships and my career and education and things like that so. I, and me, I really want to say thank you for your show, too. Thank you for your show. You send a good message. No, you know what? Let me thank you. No, because this is what we need more of. We need more positive Christian women who are able to step out on faith and say, you know what? Yes, I have these goals, dreams, and aspirations, but I am not going to conform to the world. I'm not going to conform to society. I'm not going to conform to the industry. So I applaud you, you know, for, for, for walking away and from allowing yourself to be removed from that, you know, particular situation that was clearly not of God. You'll be rewarded for that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where you're calling in from? Louisville, Kentucky. Wow, Kentucky. Wow, man, it's great to hear uh, just listeners all over the world, man. You know, Kentucky, you know, really all, I think there's never, I think we've literally had every state covered over the years. You know, we've had someone calling from, there's no state we haven't heard from. So it's great to just, that's, Courtney, just, isn't that great, though, just hearing a, a young Christian woman of God standing on faith and, and, and sharing a testimony as far as, you know, trials, tribulations, but how she overcame them. Just hearing that, doesn't that inspire you? Yes, it does. I, I loved, um, you know, her call and just her testimony. And, you know, I admire her um, just for not, you know, wavering from her faith and just doing the right thing because she could have easily succumbed to, to the temptation just to, you know, achieve success. But the fact that she did not do that, that's commendable. It really is. And I, I'm just so, I don't know her personally, but I'm just so proud of her for what she's doing. And I just want to say, you know, keep up the good work because you're definitely an inspiration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to share a quick story um, just about the industry. And it's, I was going to tell this story, and I, I kind of was uh, telling, talking to my wife about it when we were watching it, which kind of really pertains to what this young woman was saying about the industry and we not really knowing you have no idea what goes on. I encourage you all to watch Eyes Wide Shut, you know, like really watch a lot of these movies. Stanley Kubrick was killed uh, because of his portrayal uh, and, and the realness of uh, what he put in Eyes Wide Shut as far as the, the symbolism, as far as the um, just the overall nature of the business. Like what you see in that movie, guys, is is why he was killed. Like, and there's a lot more to it. Like, but really research, you know, him and that being his last film that he made, and you know the circumstances, uh, you know, uh, surrounding his death. Uh, that if you saw it, you know it. It really dealt with the the orgies and the the symbol. The um, 
you know, like the group type of, you know, sex and the, the mystery and like these, these, you know, places that you go to that are super secretive. That's what goes on in Hollywood, guys. That's what goes on in Hollywood. There's, I mean, the music industry, the movie industry, it's just one big sex fest. You know, that's, that's what happens. You know, I've, I know many people in the industry and, and people who are, who are no longer in the industry. You know, many, a couple of them have been on this show telling what's going on in the industry. So, I mean, this is just another young woman who knows that. In fact, a buddy of mine uh, told me, I won't put his name out there, and I won't even put the school out there, but a, a historically black university, um, 112 actually was, was the group. Uh, so I wasn't going to do but it is what it is. They were down at this university, and my homie was down there at the time. He went to this school, and there was a, a tour bus, and it was 112, and he was like, look, there was a line after the concert, after the after party, outside the tour bus, and girls were just lined up trying to get in there. And the bouncer, even like the security dude, told them straight up, this is a college campus. And that there, again, there was a line. He said, look, if you ain't trying to take your clothes off, just get out of line. They told them that. You know what I'm saying? And would you believe that these girls did not get out of line? They were waiting in line for an orgy. They told them, if you're not trying to take your clothes off, don't can you, I mean can you believe that? Is that not crazy? This is one twelve. I believe that. I do. I do. Man, this is what goes on out here. But one thing that I'll tell you, I was watching the Golden Globes, right? And this is crazy. I'm probably one of I, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if I'm like the only person outside of the people in the industry who actually caught this. This is crazy and God showed it to me. I was, I've been doing a lot of research lately on on um just different, you know, Hollywood things and um, entertainment and, and Satanism. And, you know, I've been doing that for a while, but just really doing looking at it from a different perspective. But I don't know if you guys are aware of a place called the uh, Magic Castle. It's a it's a very, very exclusive, um, uh, It's I don't know what you want to call it, but they do magic shows, some of the, the world's top magicians. It's like a, a members-only establishment where you have to be a superstar like a Tom Cruise or a Gwyneth Paltrow or, you know, Katy Perry, whoever, like you have to be on an A-list celebrity basically to go to this place. It's called the Magic Castle. If you guys in your own time do some um, some research on that and you'll see what I mean, that just Google uh, the Magic Castle and I'm watching the, uh, I forget her name. I forget the young woman. She won an award. I'll let y'all know. I'll post it in the group later. But um, she won an award, and she was given. She was talking about how weird, you know, the entertainment industry. Or she was like, "Tonight is just a weird night." She's like, "I've been experiencing a lot of weird things lately." And she just said, she threw out there. She was like, "Yeah, I mean, it was so weird. I took my kids to the Magic Castle, and the whole place like started laughing." And I'm just like, "Wait a minute, what's funny about that?" You know what I'm saying? Why would so all these A-list celebrities? laugh about her saying I took my kids to a magic show. Why would that be weird? Why would that be an inside joke? If you watched it, if you go if you maybe if you taped it, and I'll tell you I forget the exact actress's name, but she's a very well known it just escapes me right now. But what I'm saying to you is the if you Google the Magic Castle and you know as far as what really goes on there and they even did a, a special on on the entertainment network uh, a few weeks ago actually as well. If you Google what goes on there, it's known for, like, orgies 
and sex stuff and just super, super secretive things that nobody will ever know about. In fact, you can't even go there unless you're a member or you're invited by a member. So she said, I mean, just think about what she's saying. And this is what it's known for. This is the reputation that it has. It's like super freaky orgies and all types of weird types of magic and supernatural crap that goes on in the Magic Castle in Hollywood, A-list only celebrities. She says, it's so weird that I took my kids to the Magic Castle. The whole place laughs. Do you see how, now that's weird, Court. Do you see what's going on in Hollywood that they would laugh, that they got that? Most people, if you didn't know that, you would hear that, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think anything's weird about that. Okay, you took your kids to a, to a magic show. Whoop-de-doo. But the, to say that you took your kids to a magic show that's known for all types of freaky stuff and orgies, do you see what I'm saying, Courtney? Yeah, I do. I actually saw that special about, um, I think it was on E. They were talking about that. Oh, you, you saw it too, yeah. I I you know faced I mean? it, yeah, I did me it. Yeah, why, yo, if anybody else saw that, you know, watch that. Because I had came across, it was interesting, I, I'd heard about it in the past, and I was just like, okay, but then when they did that special, I watched it, then I did even more research on it afterwards. There's some really freaky stuff that goes on. That. So I, mean, I say all that to say, um, you know, the young woman is 100% right. And there were, in fact, you know, I just posted something. That, you know, that the word says, you know, about that. You know what I'm saying? We really got to take a stand. Don't conform. The Bible says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. And that's in Romans 13, 13. So, and there are a number of um, passages that that literally speak all throughout about, you know, about sex and 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 being freaks and how we should conduct ourselves as as believers, you know. And so, um, I just wanted to share that with y'all. But yeah, it's um, it's deep stuff out here, man. It's it's deeper than most. In fact, I was at um, you know, I keep it real, man. We had some orgies back in the day in, in my college, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, not, not necessarily. Well, yeah, I can't I'm even sugarcoat orgies. Uh, orgies and you know sex fest house parties that turn into uh, sex fest. You know I've been to uh, you know the freaking Kappas know all about that stuff. And they did stuff like the Q's Q parties. You know uh, I mean this is just fraternity stuff, football parties that have turned into orgies. I mean you know that's just the nature of college, and you got to look at a lot of these. Uh, you know these you look back, you know, and then you fast forward. You look at the ages of a lot of these women now, a lot of these situations, these are women who were participating in that type of behavior back then. Like that 112 party, we're talking about like 1997, 1998, homecoming. You know, these those are now the 38-year-old women who are single with two kids, three kids. You know, that level of emotional unavailability has just stayed with them. You see what I'm saying? Like everything catches up to you at some point. You know, at some point you got to change. You can't be the same person. If you did it, you did it. But you still got to change at some point. Because the word, as the Bible says, is, you know, is everlasting. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It will never change. So it doesn't matter, you know, you just got to change. You got to give yourself to God. And as we talk about the goodbye game, I want to get back into the song and break down those lyrics. A lot of that type of behavior the orgies, the drunkenness, 
that is what sets the stage for attracting those types of men who will view you in that type of manner and treat you in that type of way. Any regrets that you have from, from you know, those orgies? And I'm not saying you engaged in orgies, but you know what I mean. Like that stuff from back in the day that you, you know, might not necessarily be proud of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, I realized that, you know, I was treated that way. You know, I was treated like a whore because I was presenting myself as one. And so, you know, it, it just it made sense. Um, why things never materialized into what I wanted them to be, why it always stayed at that same level, you know, and never, you know, transpired, like, into anything serious. And I was so confused about it at the time. Like, well, what am I doing? Or, you know, why isn't he not taking me seriously? Or, you know, but it, it just makes it makes sense because of how I was being viewed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's how it goes. I mean, you can't be... You know, you can't be viewed because you know we talk about it. I mean, we don't like to say it all the time, but I mean, the reality is, you know, either you're being viewed as a wife, and a man's actions will treat you as such, or you're being viewed as a whore. You know, and I mean, there are a lot of wives who are actually being viewed as that man's live-in hoe. You know, as crazy as that may seem, you may say, "Well, you know, why would you go through, you know, all of that just to play around?" Well, it's because he never viewed you with respect to begin with. A lot of men will say, yeah, it's been five years, so what the heck, let me go get this Cracker Jack, you know, uh, ring and put on her finger just to shut her up. That doesn't mean he doesn't still view you as his hoe or his jump off or his elongated friend with benefits, glorified friend with benefits. I mean, you know, let's look at the song, though. But, the, I mean, uh, what the song says is it gives you a blueprint on literally how to walk away. You know, tell me why I'm living, which is... Wow, I didn't even think about it from this perspective, but we got to really just, we got to even stop there for a second and dissect that. You guys know what I do. I'm a counselor, right? I've worked with, you know, literally hundreds of women. You'd be surprised how many of those women, hundreds in fact, unfortunately, have had suicidal thoughts as a result of dealing with these men or a particular man. And she says right here, I mean, who knows how she meant it, but... You know, I'm just going off of what what saying. You know what it says here. Tell me why I'm living. Some days my work seems to be so in vain. I talk to you, you don't hear nothing I say. What's up with this game? Why am I so forgiving? But you see what I'm saying? Does that? I mean, to me, and you can maybe relate, maybe from from a better from a female standpoint, Courtney. Does that sound like she's maybe even questioning her overall existence? Yes. That's what it sounds like, and that's what a lot of women can relate to, including myself. I I've said on the show, you know, a lot of times that, um, you know, I had suicidal thoughts because of what a man did to me. It was like I I just didn't want to to live anymore, and I would always and I would think of it as well. Maybe if I kill myself, maybe he'll feel bad about how he's treating me since he doesn't care right now. Maybe he'll care when I end my life. Yeah, that's deep. And, you know, again, guys, the word speaks uh, in great detail about the, uh, you know, the intent, you know, of the enemy. Guys got to realize, man, you know, the devil is mad. He was pissed off when the devil threw him out of heaven. Excuse me, when God when God threw the devil out of out of heaven. Right. I mean, that's he that. And so from that point on, 
he had a vendetta against God as and uh, God's people. And his goal was to destroy God and God's people. You know, the Bible says, you know, the devil roams around like a lion looking for people to devour. So you got to ask yourself, if Courtney's sitting here saying that she's had suicidal thoughts, if the lyrics in this song are saying, why am I even living? If I've personally counseled hundreds of women myself who have thought about killing themselves as a result of dealing with a particular man, you've got to ask yourself, why, you know, look at the overall purpose of those men even being brought into your life to begin with. That's, you know, like I always tell you, they're either men set from God to love you or men set from the devil to destroy you. That's how, that's just one way that the enemy can destroy you by actually having you physically kill yourself. But other times you may not, you know, be suicidal, you may not actually kill yourself, but you may just stay so long, you may just play the goodbye game, you know, for such a long uh, a long period of time that it, it totally eradicates any chance that you'll have at finding love. And so the Bible says the wages of sin are death, death of dreams, the death of happiness, you know, or maybe even physical death. So you really got to just really be careful at, at, you know, who you deal with and, and the amount of time that you deal with them because the longer you stay, the worse it gets. Things never get better, okay? Trust me, they never get better. When you're dealing with someone other than the man that God has for you, things will never get better. They only get worse. Sometimes they'll get better before they get worse, but they always will get worse. And that's, you know, and eventually it'll destroy you. Uh, and, you know, and think about it. I mean, if you've invested the best years of your life, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times it's like you're just so pissed off. You're so, you know, I, don't, I mean, just disenfranchised. It's like, you know, what the heck? Might as well just, like Courtney said, maybe that'll make him love me. Maybe that'll make him miss me. That'll hurt him. He'll feel bad because I killed myself because of what he did. But, ladies, this, the saddest thing about that is they don't care. That's the craziest thing about it. They really don't care. You know what I mean? Like they actually really don't. And so you're the only person that that loses when you allow a man to take you to that not so good place. But yeah, she says some days my work seems so in vain. I talk to you, you don't hear nothing I say. No, no, no. He hears you. Right? But he just doesn't care. And that's why I just say he doesn't care. He hears everything you say. But a lot of times these men, they tune you out, they block you out, you know what I mean? And it's just at that point you know why are you even there. You ever felt like that? You ever talk to a man or tell a man something? He just you felt like he didn't hear anything or, you know, had no idea what you were talking about? Yeah, I, I felt like he just didn't care or would, like I, I would express my feelings about how he you know, hurt my feelings or whatever. And it seemed like after that conversation, he would intentionally do those same things I said I had a problem with because he thought it was funny. Because really, because he didn't care. Right. That's pretty much how it goes. Um, She says, what's up with this game? Why am I so forgiving? That's a good question. That's a good question. Spoke to a young woman the other day. She hit me up, you know, at Daydon. I've been dealing with this guy for, uh, you know, like on and off for like five years. And, you know, I'm just sick of the lies. I'm sick of the cheating. Even physically abuse me. You know, I said, I said, okay. Um, Just, you know, what am I missing? Like, what 
what why are you there? Why have you been there for so long? Why are you so forgiving? And you know, there's there was never there's never an answer. There's never an intelligent answer that can be given because it's not something that's logical, it's not something that makes sense, mainly because it's not of God. You can't come up with a logical answer for something that's that's of the enemy because everyone knows the enemy is a liar. So there's no truth to that. So when you look at you know, why am I so forgiving? That's it's a rhetorical question. Because yeah, you can forgive someone, but it doesn't make any sense to forgive someone while you're still dealing with them. You can leave, you know, walk away, remove yourself from the situation, and then have and you know, gain some level of forgiveness so that you can move on with your life. But it doesn't make any sense to forgive them and then continue to be mistreated, then you got to forgive them again. Well, that's not true forgiveness. You know, she says, why am I always checking for these fools? And that's why we do the shows that we do. How to avoid dealing with a jive turkey, men in the player stage, how to avoid dealing with no good low-down low dirty bastards, the definition of a non-elite man. That was from a couple of years ago, but it's still there, still in the archives. If you don't know what a non-elite man, we talk about elite men, men of God. But if you don't know what, you know, a psycho is or, you know, a non-elite man, you know, check out some of these archive shows. Go back a couple of years, you know. Why am I checking for these fools? Courtney, that's a good question. Maybe you can answer it. Why were you checking for those fools back in the day? Because I just didn't um, think I could do any. Better. I think a part of me just was addicted um, to just any form of attention that they gave me. Even if it was sexual attention, it was just at least it was attention. And so I it was like I was addicted to it. So I it's like I would go after those guys that would give me just just so much attention, and but still not enough, and would have me craving for more. It was like. I, I I don't know. It's like I just wanted their attention so badly, I just craved it. And like I said, all that goes back to just childhood and wanting that from my father. So that was my reason. Yeah, I mean that's you. You hit the nail on the head. I mean that's that's pretty much usually how it goes. You know, craving for the love and attention from your father. When you have that, you really don't need to. Um, Seek out the attention from a man I mean I, I cannot imagine I mean being a father Is just the greatest thing I shared little stories With my daughter From time to time I mean The, the amount of attention That they That they crave and, and seek out At such a young age Age is absolutely Just amazing To be able to do What I do From a counseling standpoint Dealing with adults But then to see A lot of the stuff That even my Two year old daughter She'll be three in July It, it kind of is like Wow like, she'll just walk up and say, look, Daddy, look. And she'll, like, literally make me look. She won't stop until I actually stop what I'm doing and look. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I make sure I really let her know that, like, wow, whatever it is, that's great. Like, that's exciting. I'm happy, you know what I mean? Like, give her that attention that she is seeking. You know what I'm saying? Imagine starting from that age seeking attention but never getting it. Seek, but, but, see, a lot of people think that, when you when you don't when you seek it but you don't get it that you stop seeking it no you, it it becomes this this ongoing thing that many women seek all throughout 
their lives because they never got it at the age of two, and it, that sticks with them. And then when you don't have that, that causes pain, which, which really is where we get into the whole cycle of addiction. Anytime when you're not achieving, you're not getting something that you crave, well, that causes you to seek out things that will temporarily distract you from the pain associated with not having those things. For many people, that's sex, relationships, drugs, you know, uh, I mean, gambling. I mean, it could be a number of different things, you know, which which is, the you know, the really, the, you got to look at the root cause, though, you know, of addiction. You know, yeah, it's deep. It's deep stuff. But, yeah, so um, why am I always checking for these these fools? Why do I play? You know, she says, I'd rather play alone. I'm not playing the fool anymore. I don't need a game anymore. You can play the fool. I'm going to play my hero. You're going to be a zero. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's what we need more of. These are the songs that parents need to be instilling in their kids at young ages. Why? I mean, what kind of, I mean, no disrespect, but I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what kind of parent allows their child to to listen to Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and Sierra and Chris Brown. I mean, this stuff that's solely about sex. What kind of parent are you? Do you allow your kids, I mean, if you don't even know what kind of music your kid is listening to, you are a bad parent. And it just occurred to me, we were about due for another special on parenting. We did one a couple of years ago, but yeah, you know, we got to revisit this stuff. We got to really talk about what it means to be a good parent. Because I just saw a parent today, you know, a single mom, what appeared to be a single mom, just lashing out at her kids, yelling, pissed off, cursing. On another one, I was in Target, young woman cursing. I hear somebody just loud cussing, I'm talking to somebody on the phone. I turn around and look, and her kids are like right next to her. And to be honest with you, that's why I look, because I'm like, yo, I, I, I hope no kids are around her. And these are like her kids, like right there. I'm like, you, you ghetto chick. You know what I'm saying? And we gotta, we get, we need to talk about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? We gotta put the blame where it belongs. Stop blaming the white man. Stop blaming the public school system. When these parents, I mean, I mean, have you ever noticed that you never hear people talking about black parents, but they'll be quick to talk about the public school system? Yes, that is so true. That is so true. It's like um, we have a problem doing that self-reflection and looking at ourselves and what we can do better. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'd be looking at people like, yo, are you serious? How are you going to blame the school system for the for the failures of a parent? You know what I mean? Like, stop don't 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 worry about the public school system. Stop getting that weave every month and put your kids in private school and you'll be cool. You know what I mean? Get rid of the Louboutin heels. You know, stop getting the, you know all that fake crap. You can get not get your nails done. How much does it cost to get a manicure and pedicure every every two weeks? Um, like thirty for a manicure and probably thirty for um, pedicure. Exactly. On so right on average. So that means it could range a little bit higher than that. Let's say because I know some places are like forty. Let's say you're paying forty and forty. Let's say because you probably give them a tip, right? Right, that's true. You give them a tip, you know, so you'll say 40, 40, you get your hair done. My wife gets her hair done. I know it, she don't never spend less than 100. That's just, you know, but, you know, yeah, that's $200 right there just every two weeks for many women. 
hair done every two weeks. I don't know too many women who go more than two weeks without getting their hair done. You know what I'm saying? Dropping that hundred dollars or whatever. Maybe most likely more. You know what I mean? If you talk, my wife doesn't wear no type of weave or no crap like that. But when you factor in the weaves and the wigs and all that, I mean that's over a hundred dollars. My wife, she's just getting a wash and a curl, keep it moving. That's a hundred dollars. So I, I can only imagine what these ridiculous colors and weaves and wigs and all that crap. How you get? How you expect to get wiped up? You look like Bozo the Clown. I mean, how you? How, you know, what kind of man was? I'm, I'm just saying. You got to look at these things. These things play a factor. And so what I'm saying is if you're spending that type of money on yourself trying to get a man, that's money that can be invested in your kids. At that point, you won't have to complain about the public school system because you just saved yourself $300, $400 a month. That, that's tuition right there. You know what I'm saying? You cut out some other ridiculous things. That's another hundred bucks. You can find a good public school, uh, excuse me, private school for uh, for five hundred dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, but don't, but many people don't do that because they feel like, oh no, I'm a single mom. I've got to, you know, I've got to put them in the public. No, you don't. Just just cut out the weaves. Start rocking your hair natural. Go to the Dominicans. You know what I'm saying? Instead of going to spend three hundred bucks, they straighten your hair up real nice for you. Shoot, you ever mess with the Dominicans, Courtney? No, I have not, but I've seen the results, and they do do a good job. Shoot, they'll take that that hair, and I don't care what it looks like, they'll make that thing straight as crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, man. Yo, there's a lot of excuses out here, a lot of excuses. Stop making excuses and do right by your kids. You know, but, yeah, she says, um, I like, this is one of my favorite parts. She says, she says, hit the highway, call you a cab, give me back my keys. A lot of y'all y'all women, y'all, you're, you're getting real comfortable letting these men have keys to your crib, but more importantly, keys to your heart and keys to that non-existent chastity belt. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you, you got to you know, give me back my keys. Stop letting them into your crib. You letting these dudes move on up in there and take over your heart and, you know, mess around on your heart, living, cheating and stuff, you know what I mean? You got to chill with that, you know? She says, goodbye to baggage, you ain't bagging me. I'm going to smile while I wave goodbye, baby. She said, I'm going to smile when I wave. And that's one of the things that I like about this song because it's not. this is not a song of, oh, woe is me, woe is me, I miss you, and Da da da! I'm gonna cry my eyes out. I mean, for what? Why are you think about it? Why are you crying? Why are you grieving? Why are you getting ready to kill yourself? Why are you about to take these pills over a man who is out having sex with somebody else right now? Why would you even do that? So she says, "I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna." She, you know, she says, "Look, just give me back my keys, and I'm actually not gonna cry, but I'm gonna smile." While I wave goodbye She says I can take the long road A lot of times And if you really break that down a little bit further A lot of women don't They don't want to take the long road They want love now They want the short term gratification So they settle for lust when they really want love But she says no I'm going to take the long road I'm going to I'm going to do what I got to do She says I ain't got no pride I ain't putting up a fight Get out the boxing ring It's TKO tonight I like that. See, but this is deep right here. What she says, and this is a lot of women, they don't have pride. 
They will put up a fight. They will beg. They will nag. They will try to, you know, salvage their relationship or, or whatever you want to call it. She said, nah, man. She said, I ain't got no pride. I ain't putting up a fight. Go ahead. You got it. Just get out. Just, just go. You ever do that, Courtney? You ever find yourself being, you know, pushed to the side, but you put up a fight, you didn't go gracefully? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I can recall just almost begging. Oh, gosh. It was just a bad place. Like, I, I just really, I did not want to let go at all because I was scared. What's that? What were you scared of? I was scared of the unknown. So in my head, I was like, well, if I let him go, then what will I have? Who will I have? Because I was always used to having someone around, you know, someone to fill that void. And if that person was gone, I didn't want to have to to face it by myself. Because back then I didn't have a relationship with God, so I wasn't thinking, well, I, you know, I always have God. I wasn't looking at it like that. I was looking at it as if I'll have no one. So. Right. That's what it is. That's because, when you know, when you think that you don't have anyone, you're kind of like you're forgetting about God. You know what I'm saying? You can't just not, you can't fact, you can't just say, well, I'll be alone. When you talk about having a fear of being alone, you're never really alone if you don't want to be. You know, if you accept God, and, you know, aside from that, I mean, obviously there's always going to be God there, but there's always going to be people. That's what the Each Woman Group is, is for. You know, it's a support system for women who are all striving for the same thing, striving for emotional availability with a changed heart. You know, go ahead and, and, and surround yourself with positive women. You don't have to be alone. You know, it's, that's, you know there's no reason whatsoever to do that. There's always people. You just got. In fact, you know, even if you just seek out people, even if you just, you just ask God to bless you with friends and ask God to bless you with sisters, He'll do that. You know, this show for many women has saved them, saved them from from being somebody's hoe on a Friday night. I mean, I guarantee you, man, if you're not listening to this show on a Friday night, especially when we're live, what are you doing? Probably, I mean, keep it real. Probably up to no good. Probably creeping. Probably on the phone. Probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. You know how it goes. You know what's what's up in that bottom side drawer, watching, you know, loving hip hop, sipping on a little something, feeling some type of way, getting ready to allow somebody to come over. Meanwhile, we're here changing lives every night. That's this is where you need to be. If you're not here, you're probably somewhere else. Um, but what else though? She says we play the game until we lose. Better to leave you before I do. Get ready, fire. You're a cheater. You're a quitter. You know. And I'm still a winner. This is all empowering stuff right here. You know, half the stuff, she just, you know what I mean, not even making sense. She's just killing it, man. She just be, you know what I mean? Like, she just takes this song and just, you know, she's just a talented singer. You know what I mean? Really has a unique voice. And, you know, it's not, I mean, that's basically it. There's not even a whole lot, you know, to it. It's just an empowering song, a song of strength, a, strong, a song of, uh, you know, of desire to achieve greatness. Um, any any last thoughts, you know, before we get ready to wrap it up? Courtney, I know we stayed on a little bit longer than we planned on tonight. I just really wanted to come in for a little bit this evening. But, yeah, this is this is some deep stuff, just mainly because so many women can relate, you know. And, and you know, these men out here, they're just sitting back just like vultures waiting to swoop down and prey upon the women 
who are afraid to do this, who are afraid to walk away for the last time and and are and as a result continue playing the goodbye game. Any any last thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just saying that you know, to the women that are afraid. I mean, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I, I know how they feel, but you always have to think, you know, the longer that you stay in that situation, you are just going to prolong, you know, being found by the elite man that God has for you. Holding on to that man is not going to do anything but just make matters um, worse for you. So it's it, it's hard, but you have to just let go and let God. I, mean, I hate to sound cliche, but it's it's so true and very um, applicable in these types of situations. Oh yeah, definitely. That's it. That's definitely it, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta be appreciative of of the blessings that you have. A lot of times, the enemy will cause you to think that nothing is going right, that you are a loser, that you're not a winner. But you know, if you know, just always whatever's going on in your life, just look at it from the perspective of. You know, there's always somebody else out there who would love to have your problems. You know, think about that. Whatever your problems are, there's somebody whose problems are ten times worse, and if that's all you have, somebody else would love it. Let me tell you all something, man. I have no. This is a testimony. I'm not even worried about that. I told you all the other day my, my uh, basement got flooded through something that was, like, not even remotely our fault. You know, I was talking to some insurance guys, and they said, "Wow, we explained to them the whole situation." They were just like, "That's crazy." They said, "They said that's like the equivalent of of like you just getting struck by lightning." They were like, "I've never even heard of any like these are like people who've been in the insurance industry." Like they said, "That's the way that it happened." It would be like when somebody went in the lottery, getting struck by lightning twice. That's how. But meanwhile, there's like ten thousand dollars worth of damage. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, which is, and the funny thing is, it's not even a big deal to me. Like, it doesn't stress me out. It's just a, a minor inconvenience that ultimately is going to end up being a profit from, you know, when you factor in the insurance and all that other stuff. But $10,000 is $10,000 worth of damage. My point being is that, you see what I'm saying? There's somebody else out there who would love for that to be their only, you know, problem right now. There's somebody who doesn't even have a house to to flood a basement to flood that would love that type of problem because it would mean that they don't they don't have to sleep outside on the concrete tonight. You see what I'm saying? So I guess my point is you got to always put things into perspective. You know, if if you are if you are in a relationship, you know, and you've been going back and forth, and you have the, you know, you're pay, playing the goodbye game. You got to be thankful for that. You got to smile and say good, goodbye. Because otherwise, there's somebody else out there who, unfortunately, found out that their quote-unquote boyfriend gave them HIV. You know what I'm saying? They found out that they're now pregnant. You have an opportunity to walk away before getting pregnant. You have an opportunity to not get HIV. Somebody else doesn't have that opportunity. And don't think for a second that while you're playing the goodbye game, that these men aren't doing a Dwayne Wade, and now they may not get the chick pregnant. You might not ever find out about it the way Gabby did, but don't you for a second think that when he took that break, when you guys are off, that he wasn't out there smashing somebody. That's what the goodbye game is really all about. 
Okay, nobody says, okay, let's just break up, we'll do our thing, and then he just sits at home and twiddles his thumbs. Now, that's not how it goes. You might still be having contact with him, and you say, oh, what are you doing tonight? What you doing? Who are you hanging out with? I'm chilling, I'm chilling with the homies. Nah, he's not with the homies. You know what I mean? He's having sex with someone. And then when you guys do get back together, he's going to have sex with you too. That's the real goodbye game. You know about that, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really how it, it works. And I think so many women, they just feel like, because it, I'm not going to say this is, it happens all the time, but it seems like when people take a break, you know, the man is doing his own thing, and it seems like the woman is still being faithful, even though she's not even in a relationship with the guy anymore. So she's not sleeping with, with anyone else. And she's creating this fantasy in her head that he's doing the same thing, like that he's, you know, not sleeping with other people as well. And we have to get out of that because that's not what's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what's going on out here. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times people will, you know, glamorize it and, you know, trivialize it and, you know, make it seem like, oh, no, you know, we're just going to make things right and we're going to work on things and, no, nah, I mean, you can work on things all you want, you know, but as long if he doesn't really want to be with you, the behavior will stay the same, and the only thing that will change is his level of, you know, how careful he is as far as getting caught. Like Dwayne Wade, you think, I mean, think about it. Yeah, he's got Gabby pregnant. You think he still ain't smashing off a couple, you know, a little something off, off on these Miami Heat road trips? Come on, man. Right. Like, I mean, Gabby's home <laughs> pregnant. I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously, think about it. You know he is. So, I mean, she does yeah, too. Huh? I said, I'm sorry. I said, she does too. She knows that as well. Oh, yeah. She knows that. Y'all, y'all can't want to be Mary Jane if you want to, but, you know, the result will be the same. I don't even know where this show came from. Like, when did it come on? What season is this? This is the first season. It's like on the about to be the third episode. Oh, so this is a movie. Oh, okay. So it was a movie, and they made it a show. Mhm. I'm gonna check it out, man. I'm gonna check it out. See what see what all. I just like to know what stuff is about. Like I I feel uncomfortable not knowing certain things that people talk about. Like that's one of the reasons I main reasons I started watching Scandal just so I could. You know, see what was up, but now I see, and it's like, wow, man, we got to talk about it. I, I suspect we may have to do a show at some point on on being Mary Jane, just because, you know, it, it appears to be, you know, so so many women are are watching it, you know, looking up to this woman. I mean, that's wow, having sex with a Mary—that's crazy. But you know, it is what it is. Look at these shows. If you guys know, real quick, last thing I'm gonna say. There's, you're going to see more and more of this. I mean, we've seen, a, you know, we, talk, we touched on it earlier, but we're seeing a, a significant increase in these types of shows, you know, whorish black women, even movies, you know, whether it's Django, whether it's, I mean, we could go down the line, I mean, but, you know, Olivia Pope on Scandal, having sex with a married man, being Mary Jane, you look at shows like The Have and The Have Nots, you know, these are all shows that show Black women as whores. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And we're going to see more of it. You know, I can only imagine what type of stuff they're going to have these uh, 
these black women doing on uh, on Saturday Night Live as they, you know, get more. But I guess my point is, you know, we got to stand for something. We got to stand for positivity and uh, and respectability and, and stand for God. So, uh, here's you know, we could get out of here. But, look, thank you guys for listening in. If you can relate in any way, you're tired of playing the goodbye game, hit me up, call me, 855-55-DATON. We're doing our Valentine, uh, excuse me, pre-Valentine's Day special. I didn't get a chance to mention earlier, Courtney and I both. So uh, if you want to do it, all of our packages are 50% off to start the new year off. We did our free month of counseling to end the new year. To start the new year, we're doing uh, 50% off all packages. So now's a great time to, uh, you know, just take that. You you know, if you're tired of being alone on Valentine's Day, you're probably going to be alone on, on this Valentine's Day, but that's okay. But that doesn't mean you have to be alone next Valentine's Day. We can start the process of, of getting you love now. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Don't worry about this year. That's that's just, you know, it is what it is. But who's to say that you don't have to be you have to be alone, you know, Valentine's Day 2016, 2017. You got to start somewhere, and uh, this is where it's at. So look, guys, thank you for listening, in, and uh, you know we'll see you live. We'll be back tomorrow with some rebroadcast tomorrow Sunday, but we will be back live. For the 12 Years of Slave special, Dr. Martin Luther King Day uh, address, State of the Black Community, we'll be talking about being a black man in white America, and I promise you that's going to be an all-time classic show. So, look, thank you for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Peace. Yeah.
Never meant to let you down. 